It's the Tiltcast, episode 356, Eviscerations for All. And this week, guys, we talk Don't Starve Hamlet, Warframe, Warframe, Fortuna expansion, Red Dead Redemption 2, and we live together. Some more World of Warcraft news. Oh, God. Yeah, stay tuned. I think Rusty likes Warframe. Warframe. Okay. Damn, uh, unison. Oh, yeah. Hey, hey, you know what? Hey, yo. Here at last. Yo. Here at last. The Starks were right winners here at last. <laughs> wow. <laughs> wow. So. It's the Tilt Cast. It is. And I'm Nas. I'm Rusty. I'm Jason. And we're back. Ooh. And just to get this off the ground today, it is Friday, November 9th. Love. At eight fifty eight p.m. You at thirty eight degrees. It's and 30. dropping. No thirty one. Dropping and dropping. It's gonna get fucking like eighteen. It, yeah, it's gonna get down to low twenties tonight. We're It'll going be... to get our first hard freeze of the winter. Sweet. So with that, um, just to give you guys a little bit of background on what we do, this is a gaming podcast. Um, sometimes it is tabletop, most of the time it is video games, and there's a whole lot of bullshit in between. Indeed. You will get some of that bullshit. We will troll each other. Oh, of course. Um, He's already fucking like I've already, ready to load it, dude. I've got one eyebrow raised. I'm yeah. ready to go. Um, <laughs> He's ready to go. So with that. That's what she said. Oh, yeah. <laughs> He's ready to go. <laughs> <laughs> and then ready to stop. <laughs> reloading. And then ready to takes, go. Takes three hours reloading. <laughs> It ain't like it used to be anymore. Uh, I digress. I I'm think have to I'm... pump it back up again. <laughs> <laughs> it's like the it's like a super soaker. You just <laughs> you get maximum pressure <laughs> once. The, the, <laughs> the girlfriend finds the pump and he's like, "That's not mine. I don't know where That's it came mine. from. That's not mine." I get Austin Powers. Woohoo! Uh, yeah. yeah. So, uh, yeah, this podcast is rated M for MILF. <laughs> <laughs> Indeed. It is. Indeed. So, you realize I was talking to somebody younger the other day, and I was he was trying to explain. <laughs> he called somebody a MILF, and I was like, like, at my age, everybody's a MILF. He's like, what do you mean? What do you What do you mean? Yeah, I was like, like well, I, fucking, I hunt cougars for fucking, like. I was like, <laughs> everybody my age has a kid. And there's a lot of those times, those kids are grown. Right. So, MILF. That's just what happens. <laughs> <laughs> and it just blew his mind. Oh, yeah. Like I was so fucking old. I was like, <laughs> no, it's You're just, fucking ancient. But I'm not it, that old. It's just, that's just what, how life goes. <laughs> 18 years is fairly short. Then again, it, it doesn't help anything that most yeah. of the women in our area have a kid by the time they're 25. Well, I mean, well, either, but that doesn't matter. By the time you're pushing 40 like everybody's got a kid in high school or graduated oh my god that's sad isn't it oh my god we're getting fucking old still gaming though well yes most of us are some people just game eat ass dude you can eat ass all fucking night like fucking like he totally can because he doesn't play a one game (laughs) eat ass here it comes here it comes See, Jason's just over there just grinding through the salad because I Rusty am. can't. Oh, buddy. <laughs> I'm grinding. I just don't eat salad, you fucking asshole. <laughs> Jesus. Just going to turn that shit around. <laughs> this guy. These these yeah. guys. Yeah. They call they're this the U-turn f- episode. They're going to fucking, they're going to try to fucking roast me tonight. 
It won't be hard. We we are, but that's not gonna happen. It's like yet, you're assholes. it's like you're just covered We're in buttons right now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's all right. I I control the mixer. I can meet your asses. <laughs> so um Jason. Pucker up, buttercup. Well, I, I will fucking bend over. You can eat my ass. <laughs> He's got more practice than you. <laughs> At eating ass? I mean, I don't know I don't know what him and his wife are into. That hurts. I don't that know what hurts. him and his wife are into. Damn. That hurts. Damn. That hurts. Uh, so, uh, yeah. So, yeah. Jesus. Um, this week I actually did uh, play some actual video game. You did? Yeah. I played about 10 hours worth of Doom. Doom. Right Doom. 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 I can always Doom. get into Doom. Doom. See, well, you know, I never Doom, really man. got the chance to finish it. it. It's hard for me to find time to play that game just because of the kids. Can't really it's, play uh, that when they're away. You, it's pretty you, ultra you violent. Can't, you, you can't eviscerate demons in front of children. I don't understand why. I don't want to like. I'd probably, I'd probably do this. I probably would do the same thing and play late if you I know, had young kids here. To be gore. honest, if they were, if they were, you know. All older around the eldest age, right? You know, eight years or older, it probably won't bother me as much. But the fact that the youngest two are three and four, yeah, they'll have nightmares. Yeah, they're probably going to have nightmares. Yeah. I started on Freddy Krueger at six, though, so uh, everybody's different. <laughs> Everybody uh, is different. You only got a couple more um, years left before you can plus you know, torture the fact their that my wife would eviscerate me. That's mm, eviscerations all around. Yep. Yeah, buddy. Um, so I did put a few hours into that. Um, Dude, Doom is freaking solid, man. I can't wait for Eternal. Oh, got man. Got through the majority of Daredevil season three. Yeah, yeah. The majority. Yeah. Have you? Uh, you haven't yeah. finished it. I've, then I've got like three episodes left. Fucking amazing. You know what I've been doing in my fucking spare time bef- between what I've been doing, you know, for game, which you'll hear about. I promise. Um, we we came across. Uh, it was kind of like a prenuptial. We decided that Rusty gets some Warframe a time. Prenuptial. We I'm did. not yeah. marrying anybody. We so, um, I, well, I might have married my Warframe. <laughs> but anyway, Doom's um, awesome. Um, so got through Dare, got through most of Daredevil. We also watched uh, about half of last season of Flash. Yeah. Dude. Because we can watch that with the kids. Oh, true. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I've i so, been watching. Yeah. Uh, I I finally decided that it was long enough between, you know, viewings that I could watch uh, Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood. Because I watched the original, remember? Mm-hmm. And, and I said, well, Al- you know, Brotherhood came out and – or Brotherhood became available on Netflix. And I said, man, I just watched this. This story is fresh in my mind and it's going to be mixed up with Brotherhood. There's you know, enough difference to Brotherhood. Well, I am really liking Brotherhood. It's a lot closer to the manga. And, it's better. And I and I can tell you right now, I am fucking addicted to that. I'm I'm maybe halfway through the se- uh, the series, and it's like it's better. when a, whenever I get a free free moment that I'm not fucking grinding on Warframe, I am fucking watching Brotherhood because damn, it's, it's good better. Stuff. Yeah, I, I think it's better because I remember the original. Yeah. And I rem- and I see this, and I said, "Man, this is really well, good." For for the original, um, I mean, they toned down. Forever, but... Full Metal Alchemist really has a whole lot of uh, uh, 
religious and scientific symbolisms in it. Yeah. yeah. Um, because it's basically about religion versus science for Pretty the most much. part. Pretty much. Um, they toned a lot of that down in the original series. And that was all a... Um, that was all because of the producers and Funimation uh, forced a lot of that to be toned down. Well, this is Funimation um, as well. It's just it's just closer to the original, right? But I mean, I the, haven't I haven't read the manga. The so original creator of the manga basically said, "This is you're not shit. doing this again." Right? Yeah, this is fucking shit. You can't do this. And he redid it. Yeah. Um, so while Funimation agreed to agree to agreed to produce it and put it out as far as the American translation of it, uh, they didn't allow it on daytime TV. No. Basically. Because it's, I thought it was it's on fucking adult, dark. I thought it was on Adult Swim. It, it got put on Adult Swim. The original Full Metal Alchemist wasn't. Was on, it was on Toonami. Right. It was toned down enough for Toonami. Right. This one. This is no. not. No. I mean, yeah. There's... <laughs> Yeah, there's a lot more blood in this one uh, that I remember. You know, and hey, I am I am all down for this. This was uh, it was perfect perfect timing. I was I had a lull in between you know Netflix series, and I said, you know what, fuck it, I'm gonna give it a try, and it it turned out really really great. I like it a lot. It it is good. It's it's addicting. I want to fucking watch the next episode immediately. It and Full Metal Alchemist is an interesting series in the fact that you, it all uh, in parts has a lot of uh, darker, heavier tones, similar to uh, shows like Castlevania or uh, um, uh, shit. Yeah, those games, those 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 ones. Yeah, work it out, man. Your brain is. I can hear it. Yeah. If you can hear it. Um it might be clicking. <laughs> yep. Death note. Death sorry. note. There That's you go. Now, uh, sorry, see, brain's I, kind of foggy because I think the the, <laughs> the uh I don't think it's anywhere near Death Note's darkness. Uh but No, it's, but it does re- it does come close in parts. Yeah. True. What I'm saying is the Brotherhood comes closer to that in parts, but then it's also as like lighthearted and shit as some of the mo- more uh oh you're gonna have to have the comic foil so uh, yeah you know some of the more ridiculous manga like one piece and naruto and, and the shit. fact that he keeps getting pissed off because somebody calls him tiny uh, oh, but <laughs> he he does have a kind of a napoleon complex he does <laughs> no it, it's a really great show so I, I, i've been spending some time between you know between games like whenever I come home and I'm yeah. just not feeling it I can you know I can throw that on there and uh, get less sleep because I will end up watching three that, or four episodes that and I watched quite a bit of gameplay video for Red Dead Two you know because I'm waiting on Justin to finish it so I can borrow it <laughs> this guy well I mean this I'm guy I feel like I'm mostly there the way the story's progressing so okay. I've gotten awesome. no more time into fucking Red Dead Redemption than I did last week. So, uh, there there was. Uh, Why is that, Rusty? Fuck you! Like no, what? no, like What's seriously, that? like fuck you. Uh, no, that? hey, fucking Warframe has got my fucking balls, man. I really love fucking Warframe right now. So, 
but yeah, I haven't fucking put any time into Red Dead Redemption. I'm giving you, you know, another out. You know, it's take it. <laughs> That's right. That's right. I'm putting off me talking about Warframe so that you can get through your shit. Oh, I'm done. Oh, go ahead. No, that's Justin. all I had this week. <laughs> Justin, Justin, guy, you, I know you want to fucking grill me, man. I know you do. Oh, I was just, I just figured we were gonna what? probably what just dive into that weird Di- head oh, spike. Oh that, my that weird god, weird space, yeah. The weirdness, the weirdness. All I right, mean, guys, I mean, guys, guys. That, I mean, so we usually uh, the last twelve weeks, Rusty has put nearly seven hundred hours into Warframe, which equals about. Uh, I it wasn't. I can't say seven. Is it seven hundred hours? Yeah, it's yeah, damn it, close. Six hundred eighty-nine hours. Yeah, but that's on Steam, though. It's not necessarily in game. That just means that I was on Steam. No, it means that you were on Steam with Warframe open. Okay, but that means that I could be sitting there in the fucking orbiter staring at space, so... I mean, logged into a game, irregardless. Well, chances are if I'm logged into fucking Warframe, I'm playing it because... (laughs) I'm just saying, there is... I mean, Uh, it's... We might as well just call this this episode Rusty's Crack Pipe. (laughs) (laughs) It's it's, uh, it's there, I mean... It's safe to assume if you had Warframe logged in for that long. I was playing it. You were playing it for at least three quarters, if not. So I'm going to take, we're going to do some rough math. So there's 31 days in August, right? So the last episode that we mentioned Warframe was on August 22nd. So that means that there was seven days there, 30 days in September. So that's 37 days. And then we got October through the 31st. So we're going to say that's. 68 60, days. 68 days, and now we're on the 8th. So on the or on the 9th, okay? So we're at 77. 77 days, all right? And then 77 days, 77 days. Oh man, we're gonna we're gonna do some really quick math. That's six hundred and eighty nine hours, right? I'm pretty. I remember numbers usually well. Six hundred eighty nine divided by seventy seven is an, ac- an average of almost nine hours daily, including work. Nine hours daily, including work. Which so and you work ten hour shifts, twelve hour shifts, man. Twelve hour shifts. How many days a week? Uh, uh, three to four days a week sometimes. Right. So. Somehow, <laughs> Rusty. So nine I times make up seven. I my days off, man. We're just gonna calculate Rusty's sleep ratio now. Uh, no, no, yep, yep. We're gonna no. get there. You work more than forty hours a week. You work I, about forty-five, I, don't you? I, I work thirty-six one week and 40, uh, forty-eight the next. So. Okay, so we'll just say that it's actually forty-four a week, right? <laughs> That's right. It's average, whatever. 44, yeah. right. And we're just going to very quickly here calculate the sleep Asshole. ratio that Rusty gets. Because I'm already. Sleep. I don't get any sleep, man. <laughs> I know this. Wait, wait. I can actually attest to this because Rusty lived with me for so long. I get no sleep. R- Rusty sleeps like, on average four to five hours a night. Yeah. That's all I need. That, that's always been the case, even when he wasn't working 12 that's, hour that's shifts. All I need. The only reason he sleeps more than that in a single night is if I get a migraine. Is man. migraines, yeah. and he went back to sleep. Yeah. <laughs> right. So, so, but at nine hours a night, right? So he has forty-four yeah. hours of work, right? So that gives no, him one hundred. No, 
no, see, no, just hold on. He, he here, plays Warframe here. for four or five hours a day on the days he works, yep. and then on his days off, he's playing for 12 or more. But I'm just saying, <laughs> he's at a point where he's pay, playing 60-plus hours a week yeah. to yeah. maintain this. He's playing. Yeah. He actually plays a part-time job more weekly yeah. with Warframe. Yeah. No, yeah. not a full-time. More, a full-time plus a part-time job. Yeah. Not only that, what, Dude, like $300 I should start dollars in? Three hundred dollars in I, in in shit. Uh, no, it's four hundred dollars. Get it right. He's not doing bad on sleep, by the way. So he's at sixty-one hours left for the week, divided by seven. Uh, yeah. So See, he averages eight point seven hours a week of sleep. Now no, no, no. that's if he that's does nothing downtime. else. That's downtime in general. Downtime he's in general. Eight point seven hours. So he, what he does is he wakes up, warframes. Works warframes heats up dinner warframes. Well, I mean, I have to cook sometime. I mean, shit <laughs> goes to sleep. What between sleep and make and meal prep, you have eight point seven hours a day. And, and, and uh, yeah, I mean that's all you need. Like I said, that's four, all you need. Four to five hours of sleep a night. That's that, all you need. That's why it does. Come four on, to five hours of sleep. You, you're gonna you you you're saying that's bad. I'm I know people that it's worse. I'm just saying this is just an insane pace over the last several months. And it's not slowing down. If that tells you anything about the fucking game, that that right there has to tell you something. Yeah, so... You so need sex. What do you think the downtime's for, man? So... <laughs> Jeez. So, so what's, our, what's our potential that his uh, crack pipage gets worse? Now? With... The new development, fucking Fortuna. Oh man, I have I have poop socked for Fortuna all fucking last night. You haven't even poop sucked. Like you're just like pissing into a condom or something. Like I don't <laughs> even know what's going on. It was. Oh man, when like Fort- he just wears a latex suit and just goes and changes the suit <laughs> oh, out. Come every on, day. that's nasty shit right no. there. That's no. nasty. You can't pause you, in Warframe. What do no, you do? No, dude, you dude. don't have to pause in no. Warframe. And if you play you're, solo, you can pause. Fuck you're it. you're missing it. You're missing it. So this he's guy. got he's got new bottles of Powerade Zero over here. And used ones filled with piss over that's here. That's not even fucking close, and that's nasty as shit. And, and fuck you, man. The bathroom's like bathroom. right around. The bathroom's right around the fucking corner, man. Fucking you guys, you guys, assholes. It's not like I live in a fucking basement or anything. Jesus, no. I I play fucking Warframe because fucking Warframe is life. It's fucking amazing right now, and. And I gotta tell you, right, you know, right now is the perfect fucking time to we, get it. You know, get back we, into Warframe. We've heard this before. About a couple different days. I'm gonna so I'm gonna take this a different a different way because I'm going to look when I once, played Final Fantasy no, no, 14. For, it wasn't it wasn't nearly this fucking like hardcore. I, I played a lot of Final Fantasy 14. Don't get me wrong, but when I was playing it, I didn't fucking come back to the fucking show and say, "God damn, this no, fucking game is no, amazing. I can't no. stop playing it." No, you know, I, I know that you like grindy games. Like that's that's a given, right? And this is um, a perfect fucking fit for so, me. So flying to the center me, of the universe. Eat shit. Let me tell you what I thought of Warframe and where I got burned out. I got burned out of, with the sameness, right? I got burned out waiting days for stuff to finish forging. I'm just you're going to have plenty of time for rebuttal, okay? Because I'm going to give that to you because I need you to sell me on why it's grabbed you so hard. Because for me, this is where where my complaint was with Warframe. I wanted to play something that was kind of like Diablo, right? Uh-huh. But I. As goofy as it is, like the driving point Diablo was a story with a focus. 
even if there was some randomness to it, right? Mm. The grind, the drive for something like um, Grim Dawn is the same thing, right? It's not just that it's isometric. That's it. It didn't have to be right, but it was a game that you got constant upgrades and you got that constant feeling of getting something new. Um, whereas in Warframe, like you did unlock your abilities and you got cards to augment those abilities and change the abilities to do different things. And there was a whole different way to, that's fine. (laughs) There was a whole different way of like setting up and min maxing. And I, I like the whole min max aspect. Right. Right. Um, and you would get guns, but it felt like I had to bake stuff for several days to get the reward for things. So, and then I had to do the same defend mission or, Go down and get some, like speed run mission or just the same boss mission. I don't remember there being a lot of uniqueness to it, and then sometimes the randomness would be really fucked up. So, and I, I assume over five years they've fixed the random levels to not have dead ends and things of that nature. But well, that's the thing. It, I mean, if you're looking at the tile sets, it, you know, and you're looking at whether or not things have dead ends because it's randomly generated. Yes, there's going to be dead ends because they have cap. You know, tiles. Give me what's the what's the mission types? So the mission types, uh, just off of fucking memory, there's exterminate, which is basically kill everything. There's sabotage, which you go in and you have an objective. You have to destroy a reactor or something like that. And some of those things have multiple steps. Uh, there is uh, extraction or uh, excavation, sorry, and that is uh, you have to. Uh, power up an excavator and defend it from uh, from enemy attacks. Uh, there's defense, which is basically a point defense. You 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 pr- defend one thing as waves of enemies spawn. Uh, there's survival, which is you're uh, you're put into a tile and you have to survive as long as you possibly can, uh, and pop life support whenever you need to. Uh, there is uh, defection, which is uh, is basically. It's it's shit on because it is an escort mission essentially, uh, where you have to escort three to five you know uh, uh, NPCs from point to point and you have to keep them alive with life support because they don't have suits, uh, and keep the enemies off of them. Uh, there's uh, there is let's see the, I'm missing one a mobile defense which is basically defense but you move from point A to point B uh, and you do that as many times as you can. Uh, and uh, fuck, there's modifiers to all of these things too. So, so okay. uh, there's hive, uh, there's hive salvage or, uh, there's hive salvage and there's hive sabotage, which basically changes up the, you know, the, the way that the mission runs, uh, it has a different kind of, uh, you know, of objective for hive, uh, sabotage. You have to go in and you have to basically pop blisters, uh, on the infestation to prevent them from going forward. So my sense of progression of that game was trying to get through all the planets, and I just got to a point where I was like, okay, well, I've spent 150 hours, I haven't got through all the planets, yeah. and I didn't really know where to go next, and then I didn't have a sense of finishing the game or making enough progress. You're not going to finish the game. That's the thing. You'll never finish Warframe. You can't if you if you get to the point where you feel like you finish Warframe, there's no reason to continue. That's why this game is, you know, is grindy in this way. And that's why it's probably one of the reasons why you don't like certain aspects of it, like being able to you're not uh, you have to cook weapons or cook Warframes over a period of 12, 24 to 4 days uh, or more on some Warframes. Uh 
it's to space out all of the different progressions. Like you can you can cook six different Warframes one a day and, you know, over the next week, you're going to have six new Warframes to work on. And each one of those Warframes has its own min-max potential. It's got its own mechanics. Uh, you get different mod sets to make different builds for those Warframes so that they can do different things. Not every Warframe works and plays the same. So... You're going to have your really tanky uh, Warframes like Anaros, uh, and you know, you're not going to have a whole lot of really cool abilities, but you're going to have a lot of really good tank potential, so you can survive a long time. Or you're going to have utility Warframes that like, uh, like Nova, who has the ability to either speed up enemies or slow down enemies based on how she's built. So... Depending on the type of mission you're going into, you can bring in a different Warframe for something fresh and something different. And because all of the, you know, the tiles and the mission types are all the same, but everybody, if you play in a group, and this is this is key, and this is probably where, uh, where you were having some of the burnout, is that you're not playing in a group. You're not seeing all of the different synergies that you can see from different, uh, from Warframe to Warframe. On top of the fact that each one of those Warframes, you know, most of them have a prime variant, so that gives you another thing to, you know, to go for. Uh, the... Well, I'll give, you a, I'll give you an example where I find completion versus that in a game that I won't play anymore. Mm -hmm. Right? So I played World of Warcraft, and you grind the fuck out of it, and a lot of it was learning the stages of boss fights, right, and learning the layout of the map and the optimal way to progress through something. Right. And so you'd learn the raids, you would figure out how to get through them, and then they're... After you beat it and you got the things out of it that you wanted to get, you'd move on to the next raid. Or okay. you'd do alternate two raids a week or something like that, the, right? And you'd have a sense of completion like you'd get to the end of the expansion essentially, right, after then, about four months. And, and then and then you just sit the there and do nothing. And then I'd play a different game for a while. But Right. But one of the big things about Warframe, for instance, you know, if you was to pick up Warframe or uh, Warframe right now and you go and you uh, you pick your starting Warframe, Brand new character, you know, brand new, uh, brand new account. You pick your starting Warframe. Within four days, you can have a, an additional three or four more Warframes to work with, and they all are different. So if you're comparing, you're, you're comparing an apple and an orange. If you're going from World of Warcraft, when you start up an account with World of Warcraft, you pick a character in a class, and that class is going to do. One of two things: it's either going to tank and uh, tanker damage, or it's going to heal and damage. It's you know, it's not. There's you're you're kind of stuck in in that sense. So if you progress, you only have basically two different routes that you can go with on any type of end game content. With Warframe, you can change Warframe whenever you want. You can uh, you can change up the the play style of that Warframe. You can change the the way that the Warframe is modded, and the way it's modded so, changes how it plays. But do you ever have a sense of completion on something? Yeah, my completion when I go through Warframe is that, and and I do what I want to do is I go and I uh, farm for a part or farm for a uh, for a weapon that I don't have, and then I go and I play that uh, play with that weapon. That weapon may be shit, but you're not ever going to know if that weapon is shit until you actually play with it and see you know, see what kind of mechanics it has. Warframe has so many different weapons in, you know, in the game that if you was to pick up a weapon right now in Warframe at 
base level zero with no uh, no mods or anything on it, it's gonna feel like dog shit. It's not gonna do a lot of damage. It's the mods that make you know that make the gun really shine, and you're not ever gonna find out how that weapon's going to feel really until you mod it. You put some form into it. You play some you know play a little bit of. Uh, uh, play a little bit of missions, play different types of missions with that weapon to see if it has potential. And you can find some really, really great weapons that initially look like dog shit. They don't fucking do enough damage, but if you put the right mods on it and you play it in the right missions, it's going to shine. Do guns still come as a drop, so to speak? So guns, uh, guns, everything that is in Warframe is buildable, basically. So... When you go in and uh, you're, you're looking for, say, like a Vectus, you can go to the uh, market. You buy the uh, buy the blueprint for credits. Don't buy it with platinum. Buy it with credits, and then you do missions for the the base. You know ma- materials for it. Materials basically come organically as you play. If you end up is it playing better Warframe, about telling you where to find that stuff without going through a wiki? Kind of. Uh, so you can go. Uh, if you get the blueprint, it'll tell you what it needs. Right. No, and I then get that part. you can go to the uh, star chart and you can go to, uh, there's an extractor icon next to each one of the planets. And it'll tell you what that planet has for resources. So you can go to that planet, do missions on that planet, and it'll give you, you know, you'll get resources from that pool for that planet. So if I wanted polymer, I would go down to uh, Uranus or Neptune, I think it is, one of the two, uh, and I'd be able to... get polymer out of my anus? Yeah, indeed. But if I wanted to go and get polymer, that's where I would find it. Uh, I mean, it's in there's multiple different planets that have that kind of stuff, but that one just happens to be the best one that has, has dropped how, the most. How, how long would you grind for a weapon? Uh, for me, if I wanted to get a weapon right now... Uh, if it's a, just a base weapon, the more you play, you're going to have a surplus of, uh, of the stuff that, you, uh, that you're going to need to build a weapon. So as you're playing along with the weapons that you've already created, you're going to get a surplus of all the other resources that you would need to build your next weapon. So if, if you ever in, you know, end up in a point where you have to go and farm two or more resources for a weapon, you're not actually picking up the resources that you need you're, or, or you're progressing too fast. At that point, you just need to slow down a little bit. Play with the ones that you've got right now, work on them, give them some forma, get some mods for it, and see if, they can, if you can make them shine. And then as you're doing that, you're going to be getting the resources that you need for your next weapon. So what about somebody who, like me, who would want to play the game but is too busy to invest multiple days a week? Like for me, it would be one day a week, four hours or something like that. You wouldn't need to actually do too much with it. In fact, if you uh, if you go into the game right now, just play four hours, of, you know, I couldn't even imagine. But uh, no, if you just played four hours and What if a I week, didn't buy any platform, platinum? You don't have to buy platinum for this game. In fact, you don't need to ba- pay how digital come extremes. You, how come you spent so much on it? Because I like the game and I support good stre- you know, good developers. Well, no, I get that, but you supported this this same developer like six times over. Uh, so, well, I'm just I'm just curious why you do that instead of earning it. Okay, 
I can earn it, and I have been earning you know stuff in the game. What I'm buying, what I'm buying plat for isn't necessarily just to to uh, to get uh, you know shit quicker. You know, because I really don't need that. I'm getting uh, getting the plat for the stuff that I can't get right now. Because there's a there's a vault that parts go into. So prime versions of weapons and warframes are on a rotating vault, and it takes about two years or so for uh, for something to come out of a vault, uh, on average. And if you haven't been playing, you're really not gonna miss it. But you're going to see other people, you know, using those weapons and using those Warframes, and they're just a tiny bit better than the standard versions of the, you know, those weapons and Warframes. And they look cooler. I mean, that, I mean, that's, that's one of the things about Warframe is that things need to look cool. You just, you spend a little bit of time actually, you know, making shit look great. So... Like, am I at a point right now where I can't upgrade my Banshee because it's too old or... No, no, no. I mean, you can still play Banshee. Like, if if you... You know, I have a Volt, I have a Loki that I haven't gotten the Prime versions for. I'm still able to do endgame content with them. They're not... They're not looked down upon by the player base because you don't have the primed version of something. Um, the The weapons are a little bit different. You 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 spend you go and you try to find the prime versions of weapons that you like because those are going to hit harder. But outside of that, warframes themselves they're playable. The base uh, base versions of them are playable throughout the entirety of the game. Like I said, the the prime version of a Warframe gives them a tiny bit to, of armor or health or something like that, but it doesn't change their mechanics. Their abilities stay the same, uh, and their passives stay the same. How they play, you know, primarily stays the same. It's just the looks and a couple bits of like armor here and a couple uh, bits of health here. So I, I tend to play games with some story, even if it's a story generator. And I'll tell you what I mean by story generator. Like RimWorld, right, is basically a story generator. You make of it what it is, but it kind of generates the stories you go. Or you got like Don't Starve, which I'm going to talk about here in a little bit because something new just came out with that. Mm -hmm. Right, like you kind of form your own story. It's a grindy game, but has some reward that comes with it. What's Is there a way to describe the story of Warframe? Like does it do a better job of its story than even Destiny or... So, so the way that uh, that Destiny does it, that Destiny kind of front loads some of the uh, uh, the like story. You kind of have an idea what Destiny's about, right? Even though it tells the story fairly poorly, right? And, and see, the problem with Destiny is that most of the story is not in the game, right? Yeah. Uh, the the way that Warframe, you know, introduces the story, like at the very beginning, a brand new account. Yeah, uh, you have a small bit of uh, of a cinematic at the beginning of the game, and it, it does give you a little bit of a tutorial. It's not great, but it tells you how to move, how to shoot, and kind of what your situation is at the moment. Uh, and it lets you just go. And as you are playing the game, you will pick up things. You you'll hear banter from the Grenier, or you're going to find out uh, little bits and pieces about the enemies that you're fighting. But as you progress through the star chart, you're going to get to a point in the star chart where it's going to tell you, or you're going to encounter a, you know, a pretty big lore drop. You're going to find out 
that you've been kind of stumbling along as you know as you've been going through the uh, the star chart and doing these missions for this disembodied head called Space Mom on your screen, and then you're going to find out that that meant something. There was something behind all that. And I can't really, uh, I don't really want to spoil it because it, it is a, uh, it's a pretty big reveal to the game. And once you get to the point of, uh, it's called the second dream. Once you get to the point of the second dream, the the game becomes way clearer. So you, well, I mean, in my head, it's essentially like an arcade, right? Like you jump on. There's no backstory behind it. I know I have a Warframe. I know I'm a guy in a suit, and the Warframe is like basically my mech of sorts, right? It's a suit. And at 150 hours, that's as much story as I have. I'm a guy in a suit that kills things. But when was the last time you played the game? Um, you tell me, because you looked, like, three or four years ago okay. at this point. So the game has changed quite a bit in those four years. I loaded it up once... The last time I loaded it up, I got overwhelmed with everything because I couldn't remember what the fuck I was supposed to do. And then I just put it back down. I was like, what am I? I don't know what I'm doing. You don't need to. That's that's one of the other beauties of Warframe is if you only have a few hours that you can uh, that you can devote to a game, you could still play Warframe. You know, it's the people who want to just do all the min-max and see all of the, you know, all the extra shit. That's the people like me who spend a fucking lot of time in, you know, in the game. But... If you wanted to pick up a good, you know, you know, just a good space ninja simulator, fucking shoot people and, you know, and just turn your brain off, this is another, you know, another option for that. Uh, the the thing about uh, Warframe when I stopped playing, which was shortly after you stopped playing, was I was in the same boat. There wasn't a whole lot of story there. Digital Extremes acknowledge that there's not a lot of story in you know in warframe at the time that they built it but i mean look where they came from you know they came from having a tile set and a few warframes and now there's fucking like there's what 30 or 40 fucking warframes and hundreds yeah, I I and hundreds like of weapons eight that i've got so far or something like that right there's hundreds of weapons there's you know and just think about the weapons and themselves each weapon plays differently. Each weapon has a strength and a weakness. Each weapon can be modded to, you know, to have different things. So, uh, so just the, the amount of variety that you have in just the weapons alone, sure, some of those weapons are still not going to feel great, but they're unique, each one of them. So, so think about somebody like me, right? Like I like Vermintide too. But at the at the moment, don't have anybody that's really playing it, right? Because my multiplayer population is fairly low. And then I get into a game like Warframe, and the only time that I could play with another human would be you, who's light years ahead of me, or but but that's nobody. the thing. That's the thing. That's a, that's actually one of the uh, the better parts of Warframe. You can play with anybody. You set yourself. What if you, to, uh, what if you want to play by yourself, though? You can play by yourself too. I mean, you have the option to go solo. You can uh, change it to invite only, so only people in your uh, in your friends list can invite you to games, or you can play uh, play public. I remember playing solo in that game, and that was actually part of the point that wore me down. Was that the degree of difficulty solo was it at such a level that I wasn't able to do anything? Well, that's and that's where you st- uh, that's where you go into the publics. I mean, so the, uh, an, uh, a note on public play. All right. Anybody that's played Destiny in public play 
can you know can attest that there's going to be fucking dog shit people out there and it's going to you're you're going to be on voice comms with them because you're on a console most of the time uh and it's just going weird to be for fucking... somebody as antisocial as you because for me like I would just be like fuck people see the thing is warframe doesn't really require any type of communication that's that if you can get a game to a point where you can actually play with other people and not have to, you know, openly communicate what you want to do. You can just do it through actions. Most of the, I, I, I equate it to the video game version of sign language because you can do and go in places in a, you know, on a tile set in a map uh, and uh, everybody kind of has the same goal. So you want to get from point A to point B as quick as possible and kill as many enemies as you can. Uh, and, uh, and, Everybody's got that same, you know, same goal and they bring their own, you know, they bring their own powers that, you know, that they have in their Warframes to make that happen quicker. So if you're playing uh, solo, you're really, I mean, you can still play the game solo and that's perfectly fine. There's some missions that are actually easier solo, like spies. But if you, uh, uh, but if you play the game uh publicly, you know, on the, you know, and just get randoms, it's not bad. It's not, you know, you're not going to be pulling your hair out because somebody's dumb. There's always going to be an, a, a, uh, an objective that even in a, uh, in a public match, one person can do. And if you get to the end of the, uh, the map and more than one person is sitting on the pad to, you know, to, uh, you know, to extract, there's going to be a countdown timer, so at most you're waiting a minute for the for the mission to end. Even if somebody's off in the corner dicking around, you're still going to be able to finish your mission. You know, so and, and most of the people who play Warframe, you know, on on public, they'll play one mission and they'll drop the group and they'll you know they'll get another mission. You know, it's it it, it was initially for me. Uh, because I play a lot of solo games, it was it was a little harder for me to actually start, you know, start using the 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 rando queue or the the uh, the public queue and pick up randoms uh, for missions because I felt the same way. I'm kind of antisocial. I don't really necessarily like playing with other people that I don't know. And then I I said, you know what, screw it. I'm going to try it. And and I spent an entire day doing nothing but public missions. And I got one person on the in-game voice chat one time, and he was positive as hell and it helped people. Uh, and the people who were uh, typing in squad chat were, uh, were basically just pointing out certain things about a map that I didn't know about. That's the thing about the Warframe community is that I have not yet met a truly toxic person in Warframe. Whereas I have met many toxic people in fucking, uh, you know, in Destiny. There was people on Destiny that I would straight up block because they were toxic. So what's the, what's the deal with Fortuna? What makes it different? So Fortuna is... I mean, is, obviously they're going to add some new tile sets. But right. Did they add new mission types or... So Fortuna is the the biggest update to Warframe yet, uh, and last year they did uh, they did the Plains of Eidolon and uh, and Cetus, which is basically Earth. It yeah. was an open map, which 
was new for Warframe because you remember Warframe as being, you know, you're going through a ship and, and you got a lot of corridors and shit, right? Whereas the Plains of Eidolon is big and expansive and it's open, you know, it's, it's an open space. Fortuna takes that to the next fucking level by increasing the size of the open area and they ramped up the visual quality to uh, Fortuna to fucking 15, man. It is beautiful. They spent some real good time making sure that you, you know, that you, uh, that you can feel the environment as you're playing. It feels, uh, it is, uh, it is better. I don't know. It, it, it is a, be- a better way of putting it is, uh, uh, the the world has a purpose. There's a reason for being in Fortuna, whereas most of the tile sets that you played through and you know throughout in the game really didn't have only had one kind of you know objective. So, like in a nutshell, in like one minute, what is the what is this a simple version of the story of Warframe? So the, like it, like if I talk about Red Dead Redemption, I know I'm a, I'm a band of outlaws and I'm trying to get out of the outlaw life, right? What are what are you doing in Warframe? So it's hard to sum up in a minute, but I will do my damnedest without trying uh, with trying not to spoil shit because a lot of this you know goes into spoiler territory. But uh, Warframes aren't necessarily what you think they are. From your own description just a few minutes ago, it's not exactly what you think. How come I couldn't get that in 150 hours? Because it wasn't actually put into the game at that point. Digital Extremes has made massive changes in the last four years, and you have to give it another try. Does it do anything at any point that says, all right, you're advancing a story of some sort? Yes. uh, You're constantly getting newer quests and and being able to – uh, see where the story is kind of progressing. Sure, it's what, an overarching what, story, but you're you're still kind of a player in I'm it. I'm gonna I'm gonna sum up something, and it's not meant to incite anger, even though I know it's going to. I'm angry. So, in my sense of playing the game, right? It was I'm gonna just say a word, right? It was like playing, not in game type, but it's you remember. So in Skyrim, you'd have main missions, right? And I'm using this as a generalization because it's very familiar to a lot of people. Mm-hmm. And then you had Radiant Quest. And the Radiant Quest was like, go kill this dragon or go take this package somewhere or whatever. Right. In essence, where I felt the game was when I was playing it is it was like simply just Radiant Quests without a lot of substance. And that's how I felt, like a whole lot of style, a whole lot of really good gameplay, but not a whole lot of substance. And so for me, it was like, go do this kill mission and kill this random thing, right? Or... Like, I didn't have a whole sense of, like, okay, so here's this world boss thing that we're going to do that has this set of systems or mechanics or anything like that. It always felt like I was doing something overly simplistic but really fucking cool I was doing it. And that's where, I, when I left Warframe many years ago when I was playing with you and John and Jason, that's where it was at for me. And so at a certain point, I didn't feel a sense of progression. I just felt like I was doing a lot of random side quests. And it didn't feel like I was doing much to progress any kind of story. But okay, so the the Warframe story, you know, the 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 structure of the story is fairly similar. It's not exactly the same, so it's going to be it's it's you have to just kind of 
open your mind a little bit here, but think of Diablo, right? There isn't a reason why you were killing a bunch of fucking skeletons, right? Outside of just looting them, right? If you're going from point A to point B on a map or a tile that's randomly generated and you uh, and you see a zombie, you're not really concerned about the zombie story, right? You know, you're worried about where you're going next, what you know, what the you know, what the big plot point would be in the next area, right? Oh, correct. Okay, so Warframe takes that and zooms it out a bit more. So Where there's no story, or so what you're what you're looking at is you are. You know, you are one person, uh, you know, from a uh, from a group of people, and I'm trying not to spoil shit. So believe believe me when I'm trying. Well, if it takes me 200 hours to get to the story, I won't it's care. It's not this going point. to take you 200 hours at most. If you was to go through just what you need to do to get to the second dream, it would take you maybe I don't know, maybe 20, 30 hours. So if that you puts were just me at 180 hours, then you know what. That puts me at 180 hours because I've already sunk 150 in it. Well, you were playing it back fucking four years ago, man. You have to t- you have to also look at that. That's the thing. You were you were playing. I'm, a, I'm, a, a, a early I'm playing devil's advocate, and I'm the devil here. But right. I'm playing devil's advocate because at that point, for me and for a lot of Warframe players that quit playing it, that's where we were all at. You have to give it a try. That's the thing. You haven't given it a try yet. You're trying to get me to sell you on something that you are not probably willing to try. I'm not willing to try while there's a lot of other things out there right now. Okay. So we hit a we hit a spot where I know that we've got a month of nothing going on, and that's probably when I play it. So that's that's what I'm trying to say. When you get to get into the game, you're gonna notice that the uh the user interface is way different than you remember it. Because the uh, the star chart was basically a spinning dial at the bottom of the screen, and now it's an actual map. It has. I was a, in a, the last time I loaded up as a spaceship, and it was a big sphere of the galaxy, and then I was picking different points. Right, and you were and you were all you were doing was basically spinning a dial at the bottom. I remember that UI. That was an early early version. When you're of the in game. a spaceship, yes. And then you just like you open up the holographic map yeah. and pick yep. something. Yes. So now this uh, the star chart actually has kind of a path for you to follow so you you will go through all of the different uh, uh, all of the different uh, planets each planet has a uh, has a rail that you go to and that rail has objectives for you to uh, to do on that planet so uh, it may say kill certain types of enemies or find certain caches on a you know in a mission type or something like that and it'll keep track of those objectives once you get to that objective, then you go to the rail and you fight a specter version of a Warframe, which is guarding the rail. Once you do that, it will unlock the path to the next planet, and you continue going through those. But what happens is once you get to a certain point, and I, and I remember it being, I don't know, um, Neptune or Uranus or something like that right down at the you know near the bottom of the map, uh, it will open up secondary quests that you can do, and those some of those secondary quests uh, add more uh, more lore to the story. And one of those, which is called the Second Dream, basically cracks open the shell that you've been kind of looking at the entire time. So you're kind of you're you stumble out of stasis at the beginning of the game. You remember that, right? 
Yeah, I don't even think there was that when I did it. So when, right at the beginning of the game, you stumble out of stasis, and you're basically like, what's this? What's a Warframe? Oh, a weapon. I'm going to kill things, right? So you just continue on from there until you, know, until you, you figure out, okay, well, the progression is to go through the map, and then as you go through the map, you're going to unlock more story bits. And there's a pretty big story bit that I am not going to spoil that cracks the egg wide open, and you're going to really understand what the deal is. So let me loop you back around. So what's the what's the big deal about Fortuna? So because you know Fortuna is, uh, you know the the story behind Fortuna is it is an internment colony for debt for debtors. Uh, the Corpus, which is a uh, a faction of humans that basically been worship green, they worship greed. Basically, they worship profit you know, the idea of profit. So they they do everything the that they can. The of the pretty, Warframe universe. Pretty much. So uh, so one of the things that I, I found odd when I first started playing was the character design was weird, right? You know, you've got enemy units with, like, toasters on their fucking heads and shit like that, right? It's kind of weird. Well, the Corpus augment their bodies by removing organics and replacing them with uh, mechanical parts. This uh, this colony, Fortuna, is a debtor's colony. So these people who had bought the uh, the augments but can't pay for them end up in a, an internment camp to pay off their debt. Well, Fortuna is kind of under the thumb of Nefania, which is one of the uh, uh, one of the Corpus bad guys, right? He's basically the Corpus bad guy. He's he's the end you know end ba- end boss. He's kind of crazy, but he has them in this concentration camp where they can't ever pay off their debt because the he keeps adding more debt to them, and uh, thank he, you. he starts to uh, he starts to replace their organics with uh, with more augments so that they can work harder. But they can never pay off their debt, so he starts stealing their you know or repossessing their augments. And that means that good people who are just trying to do their job end up being brain shelved or put, you know, put into a, uh, well, a kind of well, stasis. That's, that's the lore version. I'm saying on the gameplay version, what's the big deal about Fortuna? The biggest deals about Fortuna is that it is probably the best integration of story to gameplay that Warframe has den- done yet. Because as you play in Fortuna... Uh, the characters of Fortuna are uh, are interacting with you through comms. There's you know there's a specific goal in mind. You're trying to get them out of debt. Each character uh, that you meet in there has uh, has their own uh, way of trying to get out of debt by selling you things. Uh, and uh, it is probably the best voice acted version of uh, of Warframe I've seen yet. So. Walk me through this on what's different, right? Okay. So are you picking up a quest on a comm, or what are you doing? So when you get uh, get to Fortuna, you're going to see uh, – I showed you the the video uh, of the intro to Fortuna. Right, but it's just a video. Right. That video goes directly into gameplay. What you saw there was all in-game. Are you going to an NPC and talking to him and getting a quest, or – You go uh, – once you get to Fortuna, you, uh, you end up hearing – through the loudspeakers in the place, kind of, you know, uh, some of the uh, the shit that Nefanyo is going on about, like, you know, work harder, get out of debt, things like that. 
uh, and you hear from the characters as you're passing by them some of the you know some of the hardships that they're going through. You end up uh, you do end up speaking with an NPC, uh, and uh, that NPC starts off a fairly organically driven quest. It doesn't necessarily tell you you have to go and do this thing. In fact, some of the uh, the you know the tasks that she has you do fails pretty massively and you have to return back and say and try to regroup from it uh the uh you know they do uh the characters in fortuna change during that time as well so uh you go to a shop and it'll have a uh you know have a character with some you know some stuff he's trying to sell and then something happens and you go back and that area is cordoned off uh and it's it's a it's a better way of telling the you know telling the story than what Warframe has done for years past. Can somebody who hasn't played it in a long time jump into Fortuna? Yes, uh, the level requirements for Fortuna are fairly minimal. I mean, uh, the enemies range from ten to uh, from level ten to level thirty, which basically any Warframe with pretty much any uh, any mod set can still do. Some of the enemies get a little harder. Uh, some of them get a little; uh, they hit a little harder. But that's where you—that's uh, where you go and get uh, get better uh, mods and gear and play with other people, and you can uh, you can eventually do them. So you've told me a little bit about what's different, but like what really makes it different? Is there a different gameplay loop, or is it the missions? You know, the missions that you do on Fortuna are are unique to Fortuna. Um, the they have their own goals. Uh, <coughs> they're not. Uh, they're uh, a little bit different version of you know uh, of missions that's uh, like the excavators. Uh, there's a different mission for that, uh, but most of them uh, are more a little more story driven. You kind of understand that you need to kill certain enemies, or you have to gain certain you know, or rescue you know certain hostages or things uh, things of that nature. But what where Fortuna really shines, and this is been glazed over by me the entire time is that Fortuna is probably the best looking free to play open area game I've seen yet. It is beautiful. Everything about Fortuna and the out outworld called Orb Vallis is fantastic looking. So just just to you know for people who have not played uh, Warframe at all. Fortuna is located on Venus, and we know from science that Venus is a hot fucking place, right? So, in Warframe, it's been try. Uh, there was a effort to terraform Venus so that it could be habitable, and the Orican, which was the uh, the the Gilded Age race of humans that had like massive, you know technological advancements happen, uh, had sent down uh, these machines that would pump out coolant to cool down the surface of, uh, of Venus so that it could be habitable. Well, those coolant towers started over, you know, overproducing coolant, which made coolant lakes happen, and it basically chilled the uh the surface of venus in, to be a cold place and because venus doesn't have a uh have a rotation 
like a uh, you know it doesn't rotate, so it doesn't have a day night cycle. Yeah. What they did is they put up a solar reflector in orbit, and as it rotates around the uh, the planet, you'll have like thirty minutes uh, or twenty four minutes of cold. And four minutes of where that solar reflector is going across the sky and it warms up the place. And during the cold moments, your Warframe frosts over. You'll see frost actually, you know, uh, come up on the armor and shit. Hmm. Uh, there's, you know, uh, there's a bunch of different things that uh, that they do visually in that, uh, in this update, that is phenomenal. And... That just shows me that the art team behind uh, behind Fortuna is really trying to update things. They've already said that they were going to try to up, you know, they were going to update the Corpus tile set, which is the oldest tile set in the game, and they're going to uh, they're going to update it so that it has the newer visuals to it. And I imagine they're not going to stop there. They're going to continue on with all the other tile sets and make the game unique or uh, uniform as far as how the visuals look. Right. The game looks fantastic as it is. They're just going to make it better. And that right there tells me that Digital Extremes, who's the developer for this, gives a shit about their game. They want to make it better. They want to make it look great. Yeah. And for a free-to-play game... This is phenomenal. Phenomenal. I've never played a free-to-play game that looks this good. It's it's just it's mind-blowing. The you know the 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 cold mist that you can see on the surface of uh of Venus is it's not just a fog. It it looks like a cold mist. It look it has an atmosphere that you can you can just kind of spend time doing missions and then all of a sudden just stop and just look around and it looks beautiful. I mean, this might sound like a gimmick after all of, you know, all the great shit that I've just said, but um they've introduced a uh, a new way of getting around in uh in the Fortuna update called K drives. And these K drives are basically hoverboards. So from getting from point A to point B in this large map doesn't seem like a you know a chore at all anymore because you pop out your K drive and you can play basically a version of Tony Hawk Pro Skater as you're going along uh, and you're grinding on rails and doing you know trick flips and all kinds of shit with your uh, with your Space Ninja. So so instead of instead of sparrows, it's hoverboards. Well, I mean, there was arc wings before that, so I mean, you ended up having you basically your own jetpack with uh, with its own abilities. This uh, this adds an, a different element where you can uh, you can go and explore just and not have to kill a damn thing, but you can just explore the environment and just do tricks off of these big mountains and uh, uh, and different things that you uh, that you encounter in Fortuna. It's it's fucking amazing, man. It's right. Uh, there's there's so much to this update that uh, I could sit here and fanboy out for the entire podcast, and I probably shouldn't. Um, well, I guess that where I'm still stuck on though is 
having some clear cut goals as to what I'm doing, right? Like if I don't, if I don't know what I'm going for, right? Let's just say player like me, I don't know what I would do. What am I logging in to get to the next planet? Am I logging in to to get a Warframe that I don't know where it's at? Like, do I have to go to a wiki to find my, and then I've got to figure out like what, like that part's a little bit overwhelming to me. Okay. But this is, this is actually me not trolling you. This is me trying to be logical. Why do I want to play it? I I know that it looks cool, right? Like Uh that's, like as far as free to play games, Warframe has very obviously been at the top of their game to where it's a triple A game with a free to play model and the only one that's that successful and still not completely robbing you blind, right? Post your children for uh, for free to play games, correct? I mean, honestly, but and it's there's like forty million people that play that damn game. Like there's a shitload of people that play Warframe. Yeah, but what I still don't understand is. As somebody who's an old but yet new player again, like what am I am I going to beat the game at all? Because I'm not, right? No. And then it makes me wonder why I play it. Am I playing it much in the way that I masturbate just to get gratification and then move on? Or is it something that's gonna ever have a finish? I mean, you do you, but I mean honestly, uh when when you go to play Warframe, you're not necessarily trying to beat the game because if you try to beat the game and you try like, is there an end game? I mean, yeah, there's an end game. Are you working your way towards an end game? You can, uh, th- I mean, there's stuff to do or at the end. am I looking like working towards different color palettes and massively min-maxing my class? Pretty much. I mean. And see, so, that doesn't really ap- appeal to me as much because of those reasons. And and that's that's fine. Warframe's not necessarily for everybody, but I can tell you uh, that, uh, that the argument of going to a wiki to try to find something, I mean, how many games have you gone to a fucking wiki to try to find for, something? For small parts of it, right? Okay. Like if a game's built well enough, like I don't it's, have to do that. It's not necessarily required in Warframe either. I have, uh, I only ever have the wiki open maybe once or twice if I'm looking for a stat or if I'm looking to see if... If I've got got, a mod that I want to find out where it drops, then I can go to the wiki and find it. I'd have to look at a wiki just to learn how to redo my mods. Like, I'm so so behind the curve right now that I look at that UI and I'm like, I'm looking at blueprints for like a... Just play around with it. That's that's another thing. Blueprints are like how to build a car. It's not that difficult, though. I mean, honestly, they've streamlined a lot of it. But, you know, the, the thing is, Warframe... Just like any other, you know, any other open world, you know, game that is a cooperative game that has you drop, you know, having, you know, drop tables and things like that. Sure, there's going to be a wiki that has the drop tables and it's going well, to have, there's well, going to be people who I'm gonna are. Gi- I'm going to give you a few examples of games where that this is similar but not, right? Think of games that don't have story that have a gameplay loop that's addictive, but you still have to figure out an endpoint. So Factorio, right? Like Factorio, you're trying to get off the planet. And there's, yeah. right? And then so you're working towards the process of automation. And I'm sure there are, that game's fairly hard, right? And especially at the intro. Um, arc, you're kind of working your way towards sustainability and, and unlocking the last bosses to get off the planet and move to the next arc. Right. If you weren't playing Dead Starve, you're working towards a place of automation and then seeing how many days you can survive. If you're playing... Um, if you're playing RimWorld, you're working towards a process of automation and some kind of in the end boss of that game is either massive, hilarious failure or getting off the planet. Okay. What am I working towards with Warframe? You're working towards 
bettering your Warframe and your playtime. That's the thing about it's Warframe it. is that it does not have a win condition. You don't have a, you win, here's the, here's the credit screen. You're not going to find that in Warframe. But you're not also not going to find that in pretty much any MMO ever. Because you're going to be... Uh, you're going to be trying to min-max your character. You're going to try to you know to do things that you hadn't done before. Well, I mean, I take a game the... like World of Warcraft, which I've, I'm using it because it's so much more familiar than a lot of games. Okay. Almost everybody's played it, right? You play World of Warcraft to get through the raids to get the stuff to be ready for the next expansion. And, and then you put it down for a while. And, and Warframe is really not that much different in that, in that regard because you, you go through, you do what you need to do, uh, to uh, to better yourself, get to a point where you're comfortable with playing the game, and then you just play the fucking game. Does it does it have raids in the way or big missions like that that are the similar in, in scope as, let's say, Destiny, right? Like, I'm not a Destiny fan anymore, but Destiny has a set of missions, and this is where it becomes super, super, super fucking grindy because it only has a small set of missions that you repeat, and then you have a raid, but everybody plays to get towards the raid. Right. Well, you have... Uh, so, uh, Warframe doesn't necessarily have a raid or an end game, you know, like like an end game mission. Sure, there's the the end game in Warframe is to see how far you can get, how long you can survive. So the end, you know, there's endless missions called uh, the survival and the defense missions, and those missions can literally go on forever, as long as you can survive them. The you know the enemy uh, enemies get harder. They hit harder. They you know they do different things, uh, and you know the the end game for uh, for Warframe is to get to a point where you can go fifty to a, you know fifty minutes, an hour, two hours in in one of these survival missions, and you know experience some of the really hard enemies in the game. There are daily sorties that you can do, and the daily sorties are. Uh, are missions with really hard enemies that have different modifiers to the missions. So each one of those uh, will have like augmented enemy shields, where they have a whole lot of a uh, whole lot of shields and a little bit of health. Right. Or uh, they'll have uh, environmental hazards, like this is a radioactive zone. So if you end up walking through a radioactive cloud, you take a bunch of damage, and if you fire a radioactive weapon through it, it'll fucking explode. Um, you know, there's different modifiers to these things, uh, but there's enough content in Warframe that if you were trying to play Warframe and just just do the absolute base minimum with each and every weapon and each and every Warframe that you get, and you really, you 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 really basically miss the game if you do it this way. But if you was to, uh, if you just basically grind out mastery rank and just do nothing but level up weapons and warframes to their max level and move on, uh, you can get through warframe and quote unquote beat it, and then you have nothing to do. That I mean that's the thing. the 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 game for warframe isn't an end, you know, uh, an end win condition. The game in warframe is the grind of Warframe. You play Warframe to, you know, to do the looter shooter. You play Warframe to grind out the game. You are playing so that you can, you know, you can improve what you have 
and eventually get new things to improve upon. And you'll have your favorites. I mean, everybody does, but uh, if you are playing the game just to level everything up to the maximum rank, you're missing the point of Warframe. Warframe itself is uh, is not a win condition game. So it's definitely not for everybody, and I'll probably no go, never go back, but you've explained at least why you're currently playing it. Right. I mean, I played a lot of fucking ARC. I mean, uh, a lot of it. And, you know, and I play it basically on either a private server or solo, and that game literally drops you on a fucking planet or on a fucking ARC and tells you nothing. Not a damn thing. But how many fucking hours have we put into that fucking game? Enough that I got my fill and probably go back at some point, but it was nothing that... Uh, the appeal to Ark is it had enough familiarity with what you're doing, and it, the process of that was to survive and build a better base, at least, and then get towards beating and, the Ark, right? And, so and I survival had, games are all basically the same in that regard. I mean, but you're at least Minecraft got a, has that. But you at least got an inboss to move on, and that's where I have such a hard time. And that's actually why I've kind of changed some of the types of games that I've played, just to get a sense of finishing something. Well, you are all about the games that have win conditions and, you know, and finishes and stuff like that. But, I mean, look at the amount of hours that I put in on my Steam profile for Warframe, for Arc, for uh, Factorio. Factorio, sure, they have a win condition as to get a rocket off there, but that doesn't stop the game from and continuing. I don't mind procedurally based games by any means. I play a hell of a lot of them, but I do like having an end point of like I've Okay, I've completed this. I'm going to move on. Okay, and and that's and that's key for you, and that's and that's perfectly fine. I can't I can't dog you for that because there's people who want to see the credits roll, and there's people well, like who want... God of War. I felt like dragged on way too far, and after you hit the win condition, that opened up the rest of it. I was like, well, hell, I've already beat it. I don't want to play anymore. And, and I, I was the same way, but you know, but if that game had actually had some more, uh, had something to do at the end, then I'd have been fine with it. The thing is, is it didn't really have anything to do outside of getting the last scraps of, like, collectibles, and that's about it. And games that have, you know, the individual little fucking collectibles, not uh, that's not, uh, for me, a reason to play. You know, sure, Warframe has some of the, you know, some of those things in there, but they're not, like, front and center. They're not the things that you are actively fi- uh, finding. You're, the, you're passively finding them as you play. Uh, so... I'll say I've given you much more than five minutes. <laughs> yeah, you have. Oh, my God. And I haven't really even, like, super fanboyed over fucking Fortuna. But I tell you, it is the it is the biggest and best upgrade to a free-to-play game that I've ever seen. And it just shows me that I'm I'm putting my time into a game that the developers actually give a fuck about. I mean, I mean honestly, the the only free to play games that I've played that I've liked is I've like I've played Heroes of the Storm, which I liked. I've played Dota two that I've liked, right? Um, and I've played League of Legends, which I liked for a little while, right? Mm-hmm. But all mobas, right? Um, and I've played Warframe, which at the time I liked, right? But then I just like I said, I got burned out. And I will say, as far as where it's the type of game it is, I don't feel like it's a bad game. I'm just, I'm. I'm just still curious as to what's grabbed you for almost 700 hours. The thing about uh, the thing that's grabbed me for the uh, for this, and, and I am I am an outlier when it comes to the gameplay for this game. 
I mean, this game clicks with my uh, with my play style so well that that's why it's grabbed me so hard. But a, a, a gamer like you can still play Warframe every so often. Just pick up, a, you know, pick up the game, uh, play for a few hours, build a weapon, set it aside. Fuck, it takes a, you know, it takes a day for something to build, right? Or four days for a fucking Warframe. You don't necessarily have to play it poop sock like I do. Uh, you could play it for a couple hours a day, and you know, you can still get the same amount of enjoyment out of the game as you know anybody else. That's one of the, uh, I think, probably the biggest selling point for me for Warframe. If I, if, if I wanted to and put my mind to it and I wanted to play other fucking games, yeah, I could play those games, go back to Warframe, play for a couple hours, do what I want to do with it, and then go move on with my life. Right now, Warframe's got my attention. It's, and with this update, it's got a lot more things for me to do, so I'm playing that primarily. Now, for for sake of discussion and trolling you, I may play a little bit. Okay. But not this week because there's too much going on. Okay. <laughs> I still have you on my friends list, so we can, we can still do shit. I mean, that you know, having a person that plays Warframe, I'm not by any means like a veteran or anything like that. I've been playing for a couple more a couple months after a 4-year break. Fuck. Yeah, but, but you you've played at a pace that's greatly overcome most people in any situation probably but uh you know but you've got the kind of gameplay hours that i've people i know that have played a couple of years only have so let's let's just say if you pull up john's steam profile and i won't out his name but on on there but john from carousel who also plays a shitload of warframe and right. jumps in and out has 1700 hours of fairly regular weekly play since its inception right who also plays a lot of games. And I've got, what, fucking 700 now? Yeah, you've, you've got about a third of that in three months. Well, I, I've been going pretty hard, but I've but I've also not necessarily... Okay, so... Jason, he's been going pretty hard. I've been going pretty hard, for, for sure. So so there's so, people out I'm there... I'm surprised so, he's not dried up and limp at this point. <laughs> Like your prostate's so, like as big as this room at this point. So, so I'll give a I'll give, give a shout out to uh to you know some streamers that you know that I, that I've been watching. So I've been because I work nights, uh, and uh, I, I work basically Australian time. So I'm going to give a shout out to Backyardist TV, which is uh which is the streamer that I watch the most of because he's on when I'm on, or he's on when I'm up. Uh, and, uh, he's actually a really funny guy, but he, he has the same kind of mentality as I do when it comes to, uh, it comes to this game. Even, even though, you know, he, he streams for eight hours a fucking day, he's still not max rank on everything. And he's still learning the fucking game even a year or so, a year and a half or so after he started playing the game again. And he returned like I did. He started off right at the beginning of the, you know, at the game saw that it didn't really have a whole lot of like structure to it and then moved on. He came back and he got hooked just like I did. So, you know, it's just, you know, it it has changed. That's that's the thing. And you you should just give it a, you know, give it a go. I mean, you may hate it. You may like it. Um I am balls deep into it and I don't see myself pulling out anytime soon. I know. So far, it's given you herpes, herpes so <laughs> I'm 
I'm at a point where I'm playing some other games, and I'll, I'll quit roasting you. So yes. um, I played a little bit of Don't Starve's Hamlet, which was an edition that just came out today. It's in early access. Yeah. Um, Don't Starve's Hamlet. I cannot tell you a whole lot about it, but I will tell you, if you're a veteran Don't Starve player, and I feel like I'm in that category, um, it's actually harder. <laughs> it's harder? It's harder. Fuck, I can't even get past the first like couple days in Don't Starve. So, so you know, Rusty, if you give it a try, <laughs> and you, <laughs> you can put four hours a week in a Don't Starve <laughs> and start to learn the mechanics. I, in fact, I can I recommend like... a couple of streamers to you that will show you the ah, ways yeah. of funny. how to do Don't Starve. I knew this was coming. But yeah, um, I kind of set myself up for this. Yeah, I did. I just let you go. That's all right. I had to let you had to let the flow go. But I. So here's the thing with Don't Starve. Like when you first start, you have reduced inventory, and really the goal in the beginning of any Don't Starve campaign is to find carrots. Well, it could be carrots if you're in a map that does carrots, but that's only Reign of Giants or the first one. But you do. You play that, and you got to get a piece of gold to get your science machine, and the science machine's where you start doing your upgrades. And while Jason was here, because I've only played an hour of it, um, I figured out where to find gold because there wasn't any any mineable rock or hardly any kind of flint anywhere that I was looking on. Most of the on all three of the other expansions, you'd find flint lying on the ground. Start using that to chop wood, and then you'd you know get yourself ready for a campfire, etc. Well, it doesn't. You won't find a rock or find the flint anywhere. You can flip over some rocks, and I found enough flint to get me a pickaxe, and I found a regular axe that I stole from a pigman. So that's how I got started in that game, and then I used a torch the first night, and then I found a cave. And in the cave, there was... I've died about three times inside of an hour trying to figure out the mechanics. But inside the cave, I found a stalactite that, when I mined it, gave me instantly gave me gold. So I was like, okay, so that's where you get your first chunk of gold to get started in the game. And it seems to focus a lot on treasure hunting. So there's like a whole treasure hunting tab that I have that gives me all sorts of different items to unlock. And it focuses on dungeons and interior environments. So what it does a little bit differently is you're building a house to get inside. And then there's a whole lot of shops, which it's never had before, with the pigmen. And you've got these little hamlets, right, full of pigmen. Yeah. That's um, the name. Right? And it's all kind of like weirdly medieval-themed. Um I will say the graphics look a hell of a lot sharper. That's something that's kind of new and nice, but the art style in that game has always been incredibly redeeming. Hamlets. Yeah. Pigmen. Yeah. Oh, my God. Hamlets. Oh, my God. So, um, <laughs> it has a really <laughs> good... <laughs> Don't assume so... well. <laughs> Don't Starve has the most cute but really fucking dark art style and unique art style of any game I've played. Yeah. Um, which is one of its base charms but on underneath that it's a very rich and deeply balanced system that lets you meticulously kind of get things like i've gotten to a point i've got a game at like day 300 on basic don't starve and i've got a shipwreck game at like day 144 what's the story does it have a win condition yeah it has a win condition okay what's the so win condition the win condition for any don't starve map or game in general right is not just a survival part you go to fight Maxwell or someone similar, right? So you go to the, when you're in the regular game, right, you go underground and you build a portal to another dimension. When you go to the another dimension, you're going to escape the nightmare that you're in. So that's why everything's so twisted and weird and wrong is because you're inside of a nightmare. So you fight to get outside of a nightmare. So it's just kind of why you always drop in and wake up 
and then you get started not starving with all these weird and whimsical things that are in that game. Like but, Pikmin in Hamlets. Right. Or, you know, like the Hambat being one of the best weapons in the game, even though it degrades because it's made out of ham. But... Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I'm hungry. Like, <laughs> But um, so far, like all I... Let I've, me just beat this pig with, with its, pig. You can. <laughs> and, there, and of course, there's pigs too. The pigs are... When, it, when you get a full moon at night, the pigs turn into... Werepigs. Werepigs, huh. like a werewolf. Chase after you, but also really useful to fight other bosses. But anyways, like the game has boss battles. The game has a very, very complex and fun crafting system and survival system and seasons and all that other shit. But I haven't got far enough into the early access expansion that they have right now that is very playable. With very little issues. I was playing it at 4K when Jason got in here using very little CPU load. Sweet. Um, looks, it's always going to look good because of the art style. Right. But it, it seems like they've sharpened it up and using much larger textures to present a much sharper image than they ever have before. And that was even apparent even just playing at regular 1080. I was like, I wonder if it'll run at 4K without any additional horsepower. My GPU being older is still running at only like 40% at 4K. Yeah. So I was like, this is awesome because well, it looks great. Right. And it looks great on the you know, the big ass TV that does four K. But um that aside, that's what I've started and will start to get some movement on. Um I use you're gonna be greatly against this, but I don't care. <laughs> um <laughs> I don't fucking care. <laughs> I'm gonna try out Fallout next next week for, oh. for reals. Oh god. Because I'm Here not gonna have we'll we'll get into that later. All right. But I mean, you know, it's a it's a loot shooter, right? It uh-huh. doesn't have a lot of story, and I mean, you still get your missions from comms like you do in Warframe. And but... there's probably no win condition. Yeah, <laughs> no, there may be no win condition. We'll see. But at least it's in a really cool and interesting universe that I like a little bit better than Warframe. That's just because you're like the Vault Boy. So I, I mean... mean, I've got Wasteland Three is one of my favorite all time games. I just like that aesthetic. It, right. I well, really like Mad Max. That's uh, fine. I mean. That, that's the thing about gamers is we all have our uh, have our thing. I'm a space well, ninja. You're a fucking like vault boy. I what are you? I <laughs> as I looked at Jason, a flander, uh, a flander. He's less flander esque today. His yeah. flanders has grown out. Yeah, he let it. Yeah, he, yeah. He, <laughs> I... he went from Oakland, 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 <laughs> just a little deeper. I've actually been told on numerous occasions that I look like Ron Perlman's poor stunt double. Yeah, yeah, you're 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 right and wrong at the same time. You need a bigger face. <laughs> That's and true. more forehead lines. Yes. You, need a, you need to look like a droopy dog. More more <laughs> forehead ridges. Yeah. Yes. You don't quite have that crow magnet approach. <laughs> um, right. Yeah, my forehead's not nearly as square. He, he is probably he has, fucking headbutt a car off the road, man. Like he's <laughs> his his he's got a face like a bloodhound. Like <laughs> there's so many creases. He, when Jason I'll never reaches, be able to see this again. Jason in 15 years may have that bloodhound face going. I know, on. right? Oh God, here it comes. But yeah. getting back on track, what yeah. I did is I went to the company store and bought a bunch of games that I'm never gonna play. Um, Switch games trade in for fairly cheap, so I'm going to use that towards my Fallout quote-unquote purchase and not pay a dime for it. Uh-huh. 
So this guy. That's kind of why it's probably the only way that I'd ever actually play the game is if it was given to me for free. And I, I may get it. It may be a hot pile of garbage or it may not. But that's why I'm doing it the way I'm doing, because I am cautious about my quote unquote purchase on it. Right. Although I didn't have the same issues with the beta that the PC gamers were and, and justifiably so. Like I'm not completely deaf to criticism by any means, which we'll talk about in the new section. But right. I am going to jump into that next week and give it a go, even though I'm busy as fuck. More so than that, um, I am playing a lot of Red Dead Redemption, which doesn't have very many bugs. The bugs that it has is pretty weird. Um, you can sometimes get stuck interacting with an object, and then it just gets stuck in a loop because he can't quite stand where he needs to stand. Um, it's, the, no, it's, uh, it's no Friday the 13th where I'm stuck in a drawer, right? Correct. Okay. Almost as bad, though, in one. I got stuck in the... There's a, a book that you use to upgrade your camp, and there was something like a NPC or something got in the way, and I did the interact a- action to get to the book, to, and he got stuck in a loop of, like, walking and just bumping into the book and the person, <laughs> and I could not get out of the loop. I couldn't hit any buttons. I couldn't do anything. I had to kill the game and restart. That's amazing. And it's a rock star game. Like, there you're saying 2,000 people worked on that game. Um, yeah. It's made almost a billion dollars. Oh, like it's, it, yeah, well, it's... A, a fucking truckload of people made this game. And I will say, I'm not the guy anymore that's so indie that I only play indies and I only play stuff that's made by three people or only anything about crazy. about 75% of it. And I'm not the guy that just trashes on a game because it's popular. Like, I genuinely liked, you know, uh, GTA when it came out. I just didn't like the online mode because I felt like it was a cash grab. Yeah, it is. Um, that made him an additional billion dollars with microtransactions. But well, you know, going back to Red Dead, they the single player game has outsold pretty much anything in an opening weekend. Aside from uh, I can't even remember. There's one other thing that's beaten it. But that being said, the craftsmanship and what I've been playing has been very fun. Um, the story and what I was trying to sell Rusty on before the story on itself essentially is a the unraveling of a group that's that's the best way of putting it and it's 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 which is kind of true to any i feel like rockstar does a good job of presenting a group of outlaws because that's what they did in every gta and pretty much yeah right and then kind of not necessarily glorifying the things that are going on humanizing the bad bad guys they do a really good job of humanizing the character right and it makes for more complex stories because of that and they do an incredibly good job of the main character in this game. And they do an incredibly good job of tying it into the main game and making it its own thing and making it grander than the first. And the more that you get into it, the more that things kind of change and unravel, and the more that characters build on themselves, the more that you are introduced to the story. And the story does a really good job of, I'll say this, any story that has to do with Dutch progresses a story. Anything that doesn't have to do with him can progress the story, but not take it to the next chapter, essentially. Okay. So that's not real big story spoiler or anything like that, but it's I think it's kind of essential. It's something I've learned as I've missed a few side quests. Just that know that if you're doing a Dutch story mission, that there's a chance that it'll move the story forward, and you won't be able to go back to the what you were doing before. You're going to miss out on some of the side content. I'll say the side content isn't a just a simple quest 
like fetch quest generator either. Like they have, they do a really good job of giving individual points and objectives to what you're doing. Um, There's a whole thing with a circus sideshow, which was one of my favorite side quests ever in a Rockstar game, just because of how hilarious and ridiculous it was. (laughs) Okay. Um, There's all the Easter eggs that are in typical Rockstar games, but the game itself has been incredibly engaging and incredibly well crafted. There's a part of that game that is simply Cowboy Simulator 2018. And the thing that I realized after I started playing it is that's not really the objective of the game. Uh, Talking with other people that are playing with it, I've got some guy that I was talking to the other day that was saying, you know, hey, what I've been doing is I've been robbing stagecoaches to get money and I can't get over 300 bucks. And I was like, you're doing it wrong. I was like, you need to quit just robbing everything. He's like, I got a bounty of like $300 in like two states now and I can't. I'm never going to make enough money to get past that because I keep robbing $10 off these stagecoaches. If you play the story missions, you do much grander jobs to where you have a much steadier flow of income. Like, you don't make anything from skin and animals. What the, the point of that is to craft different unique gear that has its own bonuses. Right. Which is cool, but completely unnecessary. The, the, the robbing of stagecoaches and banks and stuff like that and trains is... Completely unnecessary side adventure fun. Um, they reward you have like maximum. I don't, what would you call it? Like basically a good or bad rating, right? Right. And based on your actions, you change your karma in the game. So my cowboy is a pretty good cowboy. He's got max good boy points, and playing it that way has had a different set of consequences <laughs> as to where my gang doesn't necessarily like me as much. But the people in the towns like me a lot better. I'm more apt to get bounties to go catch criminals. The prices for everything right now is like 35% off on everything. So weapons, any kind of like food or whatever that I may buy is drastically reduced in price. Um, And I think that I'm like, I'll save somebody out in the wilderness because you'll get random side events that are kind of a radiant quest. And so like somebody got bit by a snake or somebody's being attacked by wolves. And so I kill all the wolves, right? And then give the guy like a health cure or some whiskey or something like that. And then I'll run into him in a town later and be like, hey, anything in the store is on me. Doesn't matter what you buy. So I'll go and buy the most expensive thing, right? Whatever. Of course, because that's what you do. Right. So, somebody says it's on me. Somebody, I want somebody to do that shit to me when I go to a fucking like computer store, man. Good God. Yeah. So like the first time it <laughs> happened to me, I got the most expensive sniper rifle I could buy. Um, which would have cost me like 200 bucks in, in the game. And at that time, I only had about 800 bucks. So I was like, that's a pretty good bargain. I basically got 200 bucks for free. You know, right. something I was going to get anyway. Um, the level of detail and craftsmanship on the stories, though, is really that where that game shines. Like, it does a really good job of fleshing out the world and the customization of, you know, if you want to do Paper Doll Simulator 2018, it does that really well. But it does a much better job of crafting what the events are in the story and what's going on than I've seen in any of their games. There's not any characters that... There's some characters that you're meant to universally hate. Right. And there's some key story points where it gives you choices of do I do the good or the bad thing kind of thing, um, which also impact the story. And there's times where you're like, why the fuck did my gang member... That just made everything worse. You are a fucking idiot. Why are you doing that? And you just kind of have to follow the progression of things. There's a really big story beat that I will not go into that makes the game interesting and how it's looking like it's trying to wrap itself up. 
Um, I'm just going to say it's definitely worth a play if you like story. It, you don't necessarily have to like westerns. It is. It would help if you did. Maybe, but I don't even have a. I have, you know, it's you know the good, de- good, the bad, and the ugly is in there. Like tombstones in there. Like they pull pieces of a lot of classic westerns and mix it in. Right. Um. Because it's rock star. Right, but it's they do it very well. the The stuff that there's a really interesting point, and I think I mentioned it on the last show that it does a really good job of not mixing in politics too hard, but tying in the important bits of humanity that's still going to be span generations. So, for example, you're in like 1899 is the time frame of this. So, or 1890, somewhere in there, right? Slavery's over, the Civil War's over, right? But there's still parts of the place that you're in that very much is tethered to to Southern ideals, right? To Confederacy and things like that. Right. You run into the Klan at one point, like that's a part of the game. But in no way does it glorify the Klan or anything like that. You have um, different African-American members of your gang, and your guys don't see them as any different. But people in the world start to, and you can kind of take vengeance for them, which is really interesting. So even though you're a gang of outlaws, like they're not, they don't dehumanize somebody because they're sex or or their race or religion. Like it doesn't have a lot of religious overtones. I think they stay away from that, but like, there's a whole point of it that deals with women's rights, and not in a weird or obtuse way, where it's just kind of forced in. It's just you kind of there's a character you run into that's really big on women voting for the first time, and so you end up doing some things to help them with that venture, or you can completely ignore it if you feel like it. But it plays a central part of that small story, and kind of talks about what they're going through. And then you got the ignorant people, and, you, and you're not just killing somebody, like you'll beat somebody up over it. But, you know, like, there's a lot of interesting takes on those types of parts of humanity that would be relevant no matter what. Like, they're smart enough to know that, like, playing a game that has to do, like, postal is pretty insensitive in the political climate that we're in right now. Right. But you can still do a bank robbery in this game because they still play off the humanity of the characters that are in it. And it's kind of like, you can't have a Western with a gang that doesn't do heists. Right, there's definitely heists in this game. And there's different money-making schemes that seem to all end horribly. Well, Well, that and can you really have a Rockstar game without heists? Well, that's... uh, So Rockstar games are basically... Just uh, criminal uh, criminal simulators, but they've been doing better at trying to you know to add a little bit of you know humanity to the characters. I think you the know. last game, like a lot of people, didn't like Trevor that much. I thought he was a really unique character. I, he was a little bit obnoxious, but I thought he was funny. I, that's he. He was the kind of crazy that you know that gets swept under the rug a lot. And uh, you there, know, people people are, are trying to uh, ignore the fact that there are people that are just that fucking crazy. Uh, so he was, he was a, he was a character. Well, uh, I didn't he, necessarily. He was the crazy to kind of make up for the, as make up for how much they were trying to humanize the other two. Well, you know what I mean? Right. But the, I uh, mean, he was definitely the it of the group. Yeah. Right. But the only, the only scene in that game that I really didn't necessarily click with was the torture scene. But. Uh, 
I think that was just a tiny bit over the top, even for that character. They don't. The weird thing about Red Dead Redemption is that though it's a mature rated game, like I haven't really, there's hasn't been anything that's been over sexualized, which is a little bit weird for them. Yeah. Um, I mean, you go to saloon, I haven't run into a hooker of any sort, right? You can get the deluxe bath, and then some lady comes in there and chats with you, and my guy's so fucking polite, it's like he's in church. So, <laughs> like, he chats with her about how nice a person she is and how good a guy or how good a guy he wants to be. And wonder if it's different if you take the rogue route. Maybe it is. But, like, he's super, super, super fucking PG, right? Um, the, the reason to take a bath is when you're dirty for so long, after a while it starts to have some negative effects on your stamina. So I tend to take a bath once a week. Uh, and it's only That's, and it's, it's only crazy 20, to think about but i mean that was that was basically the norm back then so. and it's only 25 cents <laughs> right so why not but um that was expensive back in the day but yeah, yeah like there's bar fights and stuff like that that's fun you know there's there's times when the world kind of organically opens up to different things happening aside from the main quest, which is just part of how it is. Like I wandered into, I tend to search houses a lot because sometimes I find rare and unique weapons and stuff. So I'll come across a house and I'm riding my, I, I tend not to fast travel it out often unless it's just way across the map because there's so much that happens on the way that I tend to get distracted in a good way. So when I'm riding past this house, it's like, I wonder... Right now, I'm searching for cigarette cards, and I'm searching for new weapons. And you get tend to find cigarette cards in every pack of premium cigarettes. Of course. So I'm collecting cigarettes. But I ran into a guy that was telling me to get off his land. He was accusing me of being part of the government and all this other stuff. And I walked up, and I wasn't paying any attention. And he just pulls the gun right up to his shoulders and blows my head off. And then when you die in that game, you lose money. So he stole like a hundred bucks off me, which was quite a bit. Wow. So I went looking for him and I couldn't find him. And I was like, well, I guess I, guess I just lost a hundred bucks. There ain't no way around it. Um, and then went searched his him, house and the only thing I found was a cigarette card. I was like, well, that was kind of interesting. If you go kill him again, if you can find him, you get your money back? I haven't ever been able to find the people that yeah. robbed me. Uh, of course. I mean, I was in town and I, I thought there was a side quest opening up and I got lured behind a building and got the shit beat out of me. And got like two hundred bucks stolen. Like they dropped the fuck out of me. <laughs> so like being gullible, right? Um, uh, that's funny. There's, uh, but just overall, like you take all the cowboy simulation out. If they played this as a mainline game, and you played nothing but mission, the game would be good. They put the sandbox and wrap the sandbox around it, and the sandbox is good. the The main game is really good, and I just I feel like the sense of pacing that I've had in this has been like I said I feel like I don't want to shit on it very hard because it was a good game but like God of War's pacing was weird and I say it was weird because of the way it was structured it you, you could open up the paths to the different gateways or different areas right it was a hub world yeah it's it did the hub world thing and I hate the hub world thing like right. Dark Souls 2 I hate Dark Souls Dark, did the hub Dark world Souls. thing too Dark Souls. and I didn't like that as much I really preferred 1 and 3 that basically had one essentially a long corridor going two directions and you just kind of picked a direction and got where you wanted to I go. I didn't feel like one was that way, <laughs> but that's, I mean, I understand, you know, it's one, all one. You had to go down all the way down to the depths and then work your way all the way back up. Okay. Well, beyond the cloud. So like that was kind of the, the type of game that was. Right. Um, it didn't seem that way to me though, but got a war like it, Sometimes it had a fairly good sense of direction, but it just it felt like the story it was linear 
had a lot of artificial stops that felt like a conclusion, right. and they could have wrapped it up, and then they, and then, and then it opens up again. Red Dead has had one false stop so far that ended pretty spectacularly, and then kind of picked itself back up. Um, but yeah, the the draw in that game is really what you get yourself involved with. So. So this this is me being the the realist of real talk right now. You you know I know that you you dogged on me before the show for not playing this game, right? And and you I know that you want me to play this game not only because we need to have you know to talk about something other than Warframe, but you know you want me to play this game. Uh, and this this is me being absolutely real. I feel like if I was to stop right now. And just pick up Red Dead because you wanted me to play this game. I would not give it. I wouldn't give it the time of day it deserves. Well, because you're so focused on Warframe, and I feel like it deserves that time of day. And I, I kind of do want to play this, but I'm focused on on something right now, and I'm and I want to give it the best shot it can get. That might mean. That I wait a few weeks to a month or maybe next year. Fuck, I don't know. But it should be before the end of January. I know you want me to do that because of the whole show thing. But still, it's I I, I don't want to play it just because you want me to play it. So pull pull the last two years out. What was the best game you played that you liked the best? Oh, God. And I've been playing so many fucking games. Yeah, but you've got what's the what's the two best games you played for this show? Uh, for the show, I mean, I I liked God of War, but I mean, okay, they, so you really liked God of War, right? Yeah, yeah I, I really liked God of War. What's I mean, an, and name another one? I mean, it's God, like you said, man. It's you've been on the show for five years. years. Yes, and I mean, I have played a bunch of games. Tell, tell me this: if you were to pick a a game of the two thousand teens. What would that be? Oh Jesus, man, that is a big ask. Can you fucking like you know, come Dark up Souls. with that oh. fast? Well, that's because it's Dark Souls. Why do you think I and, talk about it? Why do you think I beat it three times? And, and why do you think I give you shit and fucking say Dark Souls every okay. time I fucking you know you bring no, it up I'm on not the, the fucking show? I'm not the only person, but I'm just saying like I can that quickly say Dark Souls, right? It, it's not one of the Fallout games. Like New Vegas would have been my game of you know way back when. The thing but, is, but it's a little dated now, right? But I timelessly can say that game. I feel like Red Dead 2, much more so than 1, is a caliber of game like that, and it's going to be a really... I'm going to play some of the other games this year, and I don't know of anything that's leaving as strong of impression on me. And it's not a hype thing. Like There is some real craft into this, and there's some real... There's numbers behind it. I understand. I mean, and I, I don't necessarily do that, right? Like Mass Effect 2 was okay. the last. So if I'm going to say, like, when I think of games that I really like, Mass Effect 2, Dark Souls the first, and Red Dead 2 is starting. If it ends in a way like this, and the last part of this is as good as it's been so far, it's been an incredible journey with this game that blends a lot of things. It blends action gaming, it blends sandbox, and it blends um, RPG elements. And it does it incredibly well, and I understand the mass appeal because they didn't pick, you know, knights and swords, they picked a western. Right. Right, which is super smart of them. 
Well, I mean, for me to pick out games like that, I, I didn't have anything that really stuck out. See, there's a lot of them that are really high on the list, but there's you know they all kind of like shift, you know, oh, for they, top they, spots. They always shift, right? But it's that quick that I've put in that much time, right? And I, I don't. I mean, you know how I play a game. Yeah. I, I flip through things quite a bit. Right. When something sticks, that's when I'm like, oh, writing that one down. Right. right. That's that's one of the ones I got to talk about at the end of the year. Like Far Cry 5 didn't stick like that for me. Tomb Raider stuck fairly hard, but not this hard. Right. Like it is it is exceeding a mark that and it, it's one of those things that I understand. I'm not trying to shit on it because it's getting high praise. It's getting high praise for a good reason. It's not the best game that was ever made by any means. Right. right. But I feel like when you talk about like top games of a gaming generation, this game's going to come up. Oh, well, sure, yes, but it's also one of those. Uh, it, it's a, like Call it's of Duty a, will never hit that. Call of Duty was important because it opened up first-person shooters to everybody, right? right? But it, you, most people, except for hardcore Call of Duty players, can't say, "Oh, Call of Duty was the best thing I'd ever played." Right. You can't even pick a specific Call of Duty most of the time. If you're talking about like influential games that you know that basically define a generation for games, you know overall in a you know in a uh you know in that kind of way you're not talking about just me you're talking about anybody else that's playing games as well for me things you know things that stand out in my mind games that fucking wowed me like star uh stardew valley fucking thought i never would like that kind of game fucking sunk many many hours in that fucking game uh, Starbound, fucking, you know... This, that game started this, off as shit. That uh, game surprised the piss out of me, and I fucking uh, sang its praises for a while. Uh, you know, fucking Factorio, didn't think I was going to like that game, poop socked it for fucking 200 hours. Uh, you know, I you know, but I, I didn't I, think I was going to fucking come back to Warframe, sure. I mean, you know, it's, Warframe still falls into that fucking category that you, you know, of the teens... And here I am, fucking playing that game, and I'm poop socking that fucking game as well. Well, I mean, and it's it's inc- you I've, know it's moved on from there. I've played some fairly fantastic games this year, right? And, and like I've played Subnautica, and still haven't finished it because I can't quite get over my fear of the deep where I'm at. I can I can say that I finished that fucking game too, and and I think that that game is also one of the uh, ones that has improved greatly from when I first played it in early access. You know, I have. You know, I have seen and played some games, but they all stick differently to people. And uh, this is the first real game of mass appeal that I'm giving that kind of praise in a while. And that's where, for me, right, that's where it's a different. That's where there's a turning point for me. That for once, I agree with everyone. I'm not trying to be a snob about everything. I just I feel like sometimes we're sold a lot of stuff, right? And sometimes yeah. it doesn't stick. Like it, Assassin's it, Creed is is typically the fr- franchise lately that I've shit on the last one was really good and i've heard a lot of good things about odyssey and i have played the first hour of odyssey but i've been stuck on red dead since i got it and i don't regret it and i will eventually play red dead but as i said already if if i feel like i'm not going to be able to really give a game its due as far as you know my attention you know then i'm going to not get too far into it. I don't want to run into... Oh, God, what was the fucking game I played? Oh, shit. There was... <sighs> Fuck, what was it? Oh... See, I've even fucking forgot it. Some uh, some games that I had actually picked up got about halfway through, and then uh, 
I, I felt like I couldn't give it the time of fucking day to really enjoy it, it might have been a really fucking great game. And I can't fucking do it. Dark Souls, I will break fucking controllers over that game, and it's, it's well, well known in this fucking, you know, on the show that I break fucking controllers over that, Dark Souls. And me, me disagreeing with people, I mean, you know, it's Mike and then the people in, not specifically Mackie from No Quarters and BMF, like Mackie is aced fucking Neo. And for whatever reason, Neo just didn't play the same as a Souls game. It was a little faster. And I had a hard time with Neo. I really like the idea of Neo. I really like some of the combat in Neo. Where I get hung up is some of the boss mechanics are fucking crazy. And I want to like Neo a lot, but Neo is fucking brutal. Um, and it's got a great art style. It's got a great story. It's got a lot of cool things going for it, but it won't be my Souls game. Like The Surge is a game that I want to get back into, but I don't ever... I unfairly compare it to Souls. And it moves slower than Souls, which is a weird thing. Right. Uh it's like the exact opposite of Neo. It's on the other end of the spectrum. Right. And it's got a cool as fuck aesthetic, but it, like for whatever reason, I haven't been able to get back into the surge. So right now, my focus for end of the year for what we got, like surprisingly, and you guys don't know this, I haven't talked about it on the show, I've been playing Forza, of all things, to give myself a complete different... Blown away! Holy shit. I used to play the fuck out of Dirt Rally way back when, and then... Fucking Forza. Burnout. Man. I really like Burnout. Yeah, so, so I get, get, but I like playing. I liked playing Burnout with friends, and I played a lot of that with the TVGP crew, uh, way way back when, um, and some of the BMF crew. But like the, where I'm at right now, like Forza, is pretty good, and I'm just hung up on the fact that I'm having to do some dirt races, and I'm hung up on, <laughs> I don't know how to drive worth a fuck. So, <laughs> it, it it driving in that game does get take some getting used to if you driving. haven't been. You've played a little bit a of Forza because it's yeah. on Game Pass right now. And that was a cool well, thing about Game Pass. It, um, not the newest Horizons, but the one previous came with the Xbox One S when my wife bought me that. So, and I'm, so the one that's currently on Game Pass, I've had it for a while. It's got a lot of cool features. I, th I mean, we'll say the fidelity <laughs> on the graphics is great, right? Like you've noticed oh, I haven't dude. talked about... Red Dead HDR, and I know that there's some weird weirdness with the HDR supposedly, but it, it looks incredibly good. But like graphics never have sold me on a game unless they're just complete dark dog shit. You know, like it's for me, it's more of what the game plays like and that what you're doing in the game for how it is. Right. And I do enjoy playing some stuff in 4K, which is why I've got the 4K consoles for the time being because it was a free upgrade for me. Um, but the and if I had it on PC, that's where I'd be. But for a driving game like Forza, like it is, as in all driving games, for the most part, it' an extremely good looking game. Oh, um, oh yeah, a lot that's of those like user made mods for or user made paint jobs that include graphic decals and all sorts of shit. I've got like a stupid Grim Reaper on my charger, like it, you know, right? Whatever, it looks cool as fuck to me. But, um. I play a, a fair amount of different stuff, but like as far as stuff sticking with me this year, Subnautica and 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 Red Dead are the ones that are sticking the hardest. Like, and a lot of people didn't like Shadow of the Tomb Raider. I think it's the best one, but yeah. and it's not just it not just because it looks the best or just the mission structure and the pacing of that game's way better than the other ones. Right. And you've um, played games that I haven't played. You know, I and, play, and, well, and I play a shitload, but I'm a lot more selective than I used to be. 
Um, the Fallout 76 thing is I feel like it's my quest to try to see what that is. Um, and that's my flaw that I'm willing to live with right now. I also have some people that will play, like Trent will play, would play multiplayer Fallout. Like he's already stated he's going to, and Casey that's been on the show before is also going to play some and, of it. And that's great. And, I, and I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing what you say about it. I mean, honestly, uh, I just, I don't think that I would even pick that game up. Uh, from a technical aspect, of, you know, for, uh, for Fallout, I'm disappointed. You know, sure they might fix a few things, but uh, fundamentally, I don't think it's it's going to make. Well, you're playing Warframe before they're NPCs, right? So if you made, it would look weird in this game, right? But the only big difference between Fallout seventy six and Warframe at this point is space. Space, the final frontier. I mean, so there's not a whole lot in mission design difference, right? I, uh, yes, the, the Warframes look great, and the things in Fallout. You're essentially don't. doing. <laughs> well, I I mean I, I, I play agree. Warframe uh, because it's pretty, it's fast, it it fills the need for a shooter, uh, it gives you a good sense of power, and I don't have to worry about fucking like. You know, do I have a can of fucking, you know, you know, rad roach fucking meat or whatever the bullshit is, you know, whereas you play Fallout for survival, it's fundamentally a different game. You know, you're essentially playing a dumbed down quest simulator that involves shooting things, right? And exploring areas. uh, Big difference with Warframe being that right now it definitely looks prettier and I think it probably always will. Right. Um, and it's a sci- more of a sci-fi theme. Well, so slightly sure, trolling you, by the sure, way. I, I've played a lot of art. <laughs> I mean, slightly trolling you a little bit. Uh, just so, I, watching your brain melt in front of me was no, pretty entertaining. But it's, I'm trying to figure out why you're comparing, you know, apples and oranges again. I mean, it's not. It's not apples and oranges though, because this fundamental. You said that there's no end to Fallout, right? Well, there's no end to War, Warframe. Well, so. The thing, so Ark, and I'm sure that a 76 is going to have a story and it's going to have probably a win condition or or something that you at least get to a point where you say, yeah, I've beat the game. Because um, as not you a, pointed out, a you know, survival games generally have a reason to survive, right? You're not necessarily just going out and surviving, there's a reason why you're going out and doing it. Mechanics aside, when it comes to the fundamentally ways that it's been flawed in the beta, right? The overall loop on it hasn't been incredibly bad. The problems that I have fundamentally with 76... The PvP thing is not an issue. Well, fundamental problems I have with uh, with 76 and the reason why I don't play Ark on, uh, on public servers... I think that that kind of game, open world, even if you can turn PvP on and off on the fly, gives people an option, an opportunity to become toxic, to try to fuck with your game. Uh, they could, in, in in ways that you know that are not necessarily you know direct. For instance, so, Arc public servers, people would put down fucking pillars. Just a post somewhere on the map. And for a, a space around that post, you couldn't build a you know, couldn't build any type of 
you know, of object, right? So if if something like that happens in uh, in an open game, even if you're not having uh, on a PvP server, people are still doing that to piss you off. They're doing it to uh, to you know deny an area or uh, or prevent you from uh, from having any type of enjoyment in the fucking game. And I play on private servers for Arc because I don't want to have to deal with that. So I'm not going to have that option right away with 76. I'm going to have to play with other people and. In that environment where PvP is an option, even though you can turn it off, I don't fucking care, it still gives people an opportunity to become toxic and affect your gameplay, and I don't like that. I I'll, don't... Give you, I'll give you an example where I had the opportunity to troll, and I minorly, I didn't really troll, but I just wanted to see what happened, right? So playing the game on the last time that I could play beta, that was at a time that I wasn't working. And I was going through an area, and there was a guy that had obviously spent a fair amount of time on his structure. I thought it was a, I thought it wasn't a player-made structure. I thought it was like a raider base or something. It was pretty elaborate. And so I see this area that's guarded by cannons and guns and all sorts of stuff. And there's all these stations. And I found it because I was looking for a weapon bench, and I needed to craft part of an item for part of the quest I was on. And it unlocked a blip on my map that said, oh, here's a weapon bench. And it ended up being the player's weapon bench. I didn't know that, though. So I went in there, and I see somebody who's like level 25 or something like that. I said, what's he doing? He's just, I guess he, quote, unquote, paused the game. He went to the bed that he made on in the, in the structure and just went to sleep. I was like, okay, so what happens if I go check out his stash, right? I just want to see what the implications are. I go to the stash, and it's my stash. It's not his stash. Uh So it wasn't, I wasn't, I didn't have an opportunity to steal anything that was there. I had a, and it was just in the middle of a road. Like he had plopped down this base in the middle of a road, kind of off to the corner. And it was just set up right in the middle of the street. There's this huge structure. Like if we think in terms of like square footage, he built like a 5,000 square foot base, um, complete with turrets and decorations and all sorts of shit. Like he did a really good job. Um, he had like a fucking pool table in there and also like, it looked like his fucking house and it just, I guess he was working on the front because he didn't have the door finished, but I walked in thinking it was like a Raider structure. Right. And then I would go to look at him to aim down the site. So I think it's an NPC. It's like, Oh, it has a player name there. Okay. Well, I'm not going to, I'm going to see if I can pick I couldn't pickpocket him. So there wasn't that option. And then I went to the stash after I finished crafting what I was, I was like, I'll just leave him alone. I'm going to go see what happens when I go to the stash. It's all my own shit. So I just offloaded the stuff that I wanted to get rid of in my stash and then moved to the thing and moved on. There's these control points that give you additional objects for crafting. So, like, there's a factory that I went to that had a fabricator for different things that I didn't have in my base because my character doesn't have the blueprint for XYZ. I haven't found it in the world yet. And as I've found things, I've unlocked different blueprints for weapons and stuff. As you deconstruct weapons, you get additional blueprints for parts of those weapons. I didn't have that stuff, and I didn't know what I was getting into, and it was like a wave defense so to claim this area. So I've cleared three waves of um, animal and feral and robot attacks and all sorts of shit, Then it gave me access to this base. So then I set up, like, some fences and some doorways. I lock all the doors so nobody can get in, thinking they're going to be able to fuck with my stuff, right? Um I wander away, I log off, 
And I knew how much structure I had left or how much wood I had left. At that point, I had like 50 wood left and like 20 scrap steel and whatever. I used a lot of my resources to build this. I came back and somebody else had taken it over. And this was like a couple days later. And then all the shit that I had put into that was just refunded into my stash. So they were able to claim that part and it didn't get rid of my stuff. It put stuff into storage like my turrets and stuff like that were in storage so I could replant them out. And then my fences that I couldn't put anywhere, it had put into my scrap stash for whatever, refunded whatever materials it was. So it, I, I still haven't had a lot of the bugs that a lot of, the main bug I've been having has just been the getting stuck at a crafting bench while there's a shitload of people online. I'm sure that the gameplay is fine. I mean, honestly, the the, the things about the the gameplay itself it's dated, but it's still playable, right? Uh, the story probably is the worst part about anything Bethesda Fallout related, honestly, because the story really sucks. Uh, it started out all right with, you know, you know Fallout Four, and then it died. Fallout quick. Four had its own issues, and Fallout Four um, until seventy six may be my least favorite, right? Right. It's just you know the the. Fundamental problems I have with uh, with seventy six is the tech behind it. Uh, they're using a single player engine for a multiplayer game, uh, and they're not taking into account all the different nuances that a multiplayer game is going to require. Uh, and it's not going to be ready, you know, in my eyes, technologically, at release. It may be it may be fixed afterwards, but I'm not going to plop down money now pre-order because no, because you'll be playing pre-ordering Warf- games. You'll be playing Warframe. It's not that. It's not that. Uh, honestly, if it was a decent game, I would uh, I would play it. You know, if if I had it in my mind that I wanted to play Fallout 76 or Red Dead Redemption 2 for any reason, I would stop playing fucking Warframe and I would do that. You know, it's uh, it's just that I'm currently addicted to Warframe and I'm probably going to be addicted to Warframe for you know until I get through the initial Fortuna push. Uh that said, 76 has its own issues and the issues I you know the issues that I have with it right now are fundamental technological issues and design choices that they made when building the game that I don't agree with. You know, and until they you know, address those issues, they're not getting my money. No, oh, and you don't have to. And I, honestly, unless there's something fundamentally different about how it plays, like it's not going to be one of my game of the year lists right now. Oh. I'm just interested because it's more Fallout. I wish that they had just done another single-player Fallout game and gotten it, gotten over it. Uh, the 76 idea is... I don't know. Somebody pitched something, and it could have been a great side game, but they put uh, they're 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 banking on too much on it, and they really should stick with single player games. Do you think it's a good time for a break? I believe so. Yep, we'll be back. All right. Now it's time for some news. Oh, yeah. 
No. No. All right. Well, shit, man. All right. Fucking I'm just going to cut into it because I got a couple things that, guy. that gonna are probably going to kick it. y'all off. It's going to kick the cheese, man. Um, so, Blizzard an- announced through their World of Warcraft Twitter <laughs> that World of Warcraft Classic is coming next summer and will be included in your Warcraft subscription. You know what's funny uh, is I I read I can't give credit where credits due because I don't remember where I read it, but I read a lot of this stuff, right? Yeah. And I was reading a review of the differences between WoW Current and WoW Classic, and. I guess WoW Classic is actually what I remember playing. Pre-Burning Crusade, I assume, is what this is, right? Yes. Original WoW. Yes. Yes. And the reward system on that was quite a bit different. There was a, it was very difficult to take on multiple mobs back then, right? Like you had to use your CC abilities if you're playing solo in order to get through an area like a boar could take you out. Yes. Oh yeah. Um, (laughs) I'm slightly interested in playing that, but I knew I'd get way too down the hole. Uh, I won't. There's no, I, no, no. no okay, there's, so there's. I know there's that you can't try crack cocaine, and I know that. Yeah, right. But that is why I can't play like, that game. You, when you when you're have... when you're talking way down that hole, are are we talking like seeing the cobwebs and Hillary Clinton's snatch deep, or so? So is like it... we're talking like what's would happen with me if I went down that is. Uh, that's all I'd be talking about. I know myself well enough that I got rid of my WoW account in order to do this podcast. So, so I, I just, I'm I'm curious because I'm kind of in the same boat. I still have my WoW account because I mean all my Blizzard games are tied to it. But, um, but WoW Classic is it? It's so it's pre Burning Crusade. Pre. Okay, I can tell you that personally, having played through that. I would never go back. Burning Crusade was the single greatest fucking thing that happened to WoW. It made the fucking game t- ten times better. It made I a remember, lot of things. I remember playing a fucking warrior in Classic, and god damn, I wanted to bash my head to a fucking wall, because you couldn't do anything without having a healer tied to your ass. Hey, Rusty. Fuck that. No, I would never. Let me be an elitist jerk for a minute. I don't want to fucking... fucking, (laughs) Like, no, to pull it back to old WoW terms, do you remember elitist jerks? Yes. I remember fucking... I remember them, yes. I was one of those guys, right? It turns me into a totally different person playing that game. (laughs) And... I can't fucking... fucking. So for me, I would have argued that Naxxoramas original and AQ40 original was the reason I played that game like a second job. No. And I loved... Having to coordinate that many people to do the right thing. And it was an addiction for me on that level of difficulty. And then it got fucking easy. So No, I I was in a raid group with DKP because that was a thing back then too. And I remember playing fucking hours and hours and hours of Molten Core and fucking... um, Blackwing and fucking all kinds of that shit and getting zero fucking drops because everybody else had been playing just a little bit more or had fucking just a little more DKP than me. And I fucking hours and hours and hours. I didn't even fucking complete a set. Destruction lock with full tier gear. 
Affliction Lock with full tier gear. Eat shit. Dude. Sword Rogue with full tier gear. Yeah. So, Dagger Rogue, full tier on, gear. I'm on, just saying, like, on. go ahead. I'm going devil's advocate for Rusty here. Fucking stupid. So, being a warrior DPS. There was no warrior or, DPS. What the fuck? No, there was at one point. There Fury was warrior. at one point. Fury Warrior. Not in classic, man. Not in no, classic. No, no, classic and Burning that, Crusade. And that, was, that was the improvement. That was one major improvement that Burning Crusade made, because I made over the original uh, game. I made my fucking warrior a Fury All, Warrior, and we were doing endgame content, and I was also, tanking bosses. Fuck, yes, I love also, that expansion. Tanking in classic WoW sucks sucked so much. Balls. Oh my god, it sucks so much. Balls. You fucking misclicked one fucking thing and taunted the wrong fucking thing. You end up, you have to fucking stop. You have to reset the whole fucking thing. It sucked so hard. I hated fucking tanking. In and I was a pre-spirit warrior, or spirit healer during that time. <laughs> fucking elitist healer bullshit. No, I was I was the guy that never ran out of mana the entire time. Fucking elitist. That's because you bullshit. were sitting, sitting there fucking bubbling people, fucker. No, I didn't. Bubble was a <laughs> bubble was a threat drop thing. Like use that to drop threat. Yes. Yeah, because you it, did. because if you bubble a tank, you just wiped your raid. Yep. I know. Fucking threat meters and fucking uh, and I remember all that stuff. There, there, there was oh a there was a point where I really liked all that stuff because it was like an Excel it's sheet analytics. on top of a game. Yeah, it's analytics in a fucking no. video game. And, and it, he and scratched were... my analytics itch, and that was something I used to do a long time ago. And I just got way and, deep into it, and, and then, I almost got into Eve for the same reason. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that's why I got into Eve. And then to Devil's Advocate, the other side, uh, I do know there has been a large amount of the player base asking. For a classic version on the live servers since Wrath of Lich King's in in game content. I, I just you mean the, Cataclysm. Cataclysm was what bro, uh, was what quote unquote broke the world. Well, people start asking for it after Wrath of the Lich King. No, uh, yeah. Wrath of the Lich King didn't really break the world in such a way, but fucking Cataclysm basically changed all the starting areas to be, you know, to be different and it flowed differently. You know, right, you, you didn't you didn't end up with a Baron's Ra chat that was worth Ra a dick. Remember, Wrath of the Lich King was the start of just pooning all of the starting content. No, really, no, it wasn't. You know, all of the starting content from uh from like one to sixty was still the same with Wrath of the Lich King. Uh, it's when Cataclysm happened that the 1 to 60 experience actually changed and the starting areas all had a different flow. That, and that's that one, after I stopped. And, and that one fucking expansion, they changed the game and, you know, the changed the game flow and the reward systems in such a way that it felt like you didn't have to put a whole lot of effort into doing any type of grinding in it. And right after that, they started the fucking like level skip shit where you could buy fucking level skips to get max level and shit. That that's what really fucking broke the game is cataclysm. And I didn't like cataclysm and I stopped playing at cataclysm all the way up through wrath of the Lich King. I didn't have a problem with it. I didn't have a problem. I still, with it. I still don't actually have, I think that if I played if we were doing something completely different, I could see myself getting back into World of Warcraft. But, but, but. <laughs> this just gave me shivers, man. <laughs> but. I know myself 
and I know how I get into a game like that where I start to get competitive in a oh. weird way, and I know that I'd never drop but, it. You, If we did the show while I did World of Warcraft, that'd be the only thing you heard for the next several years. Fucking but, my, my Fury Warrior, my Fury Warrior, but, my Fury Warrior, my Panda, my Panda. <laughs> My panda. Let me put it this way: if we were if we were not doing this podcast, I'd probably be sunk into something like Final Fantasy fourteen. No, um, Final Fantasy fourteen, solid. <laughs> yeah, a little I more mean, anime I, than I want. I I'd probably just spend all of my free time for games that I could playing Elite Dangerous, like one hundred. percent Yeah, there's of the time. there's going to be a point in the next year um, where I'm going to dive pretty hard back into I, that. I'm I ready still have for the Hotas set up. I'm ready for that. I just, uh, the only reason why I haven't actually gotten super hard into fucking Elite Dangerous with the Hotas is because I don't like the way that my chair sits with the Hotas setup. Is it, you just have one joystick, right? No, I got the joystick yeah. and throttle. So, uh, so if you ever get bored, bring it over here. I'd love to try it out. Uh, well, I mean, I've, <laughs> it's, it's currently covered up in a box so I, you know, I can keep the dust off the, uh, the controls, but I'll set it up um, on that table. <laughs> well, see, I, I tried it with uh, with the table on the, each side of the chair. See, with the with the hotas setup, I want to have the chair built in such a way so that yeah. the so that the joystick and throttle yeah, are the right position. Yeah, we need to work position. on those modifications. Yeah, it's yeah. I I don't know. It's a comfort thing for me. If I can sit down in a chair that that has the hotas brackets so that I can take the you know take them off and put them on whenever I want to. Uh, and I'm not tripping over fucking cables all the time, then I could play Elite Dangerous until my fucking eyes bled with the Hotas setup because it is, it, it is a finer uh, amount of control in that game, and it it's yeah. really fucking immersive. I, my my deal with so when we talk about games you can play forever that have no point, right? Like Elite is definitely one of those games. Yeah, it's but the the draw for Elite for me is it is flight simulator in space, right? And, and I love that. Well, I I really like fucking I mean, exploring in fucking Elite Dangerous. Well, so for me, it's like I played a month in fucking open space, man. It's like it's like a brand new version of it's like a brand new Wing version Commander. of. TIE Fighter or Wing Commander, yeah, and, and it's fucking, I mean, the universe is huge, so, I mean. Like, if I could find a guy, a game that was just like Wing Commander in a modern setting, like, you probably would have to pry me off that. Right. Yeah. And it's the closest thing I have to that. I mean, you got Everspace, but it doesn't, I don't like the way that it flies. The Everspace actually got an update re recently, you see that? For controls? It's not necessarily controls, but there's there's additional oh, there was content. An there was an expansion, yeah, there a was paid a, expansion for there it. There was a pretty big expansion. If I get a chance at something, I'll play this that's, year. I mean, it looks, that game still looks beautiful. I mean, it really does. It looks beautiful. It just some, controls like an arcade game. Yeah, and there's like a... <laughs> God, what is there's another space flight sim that also does VR and regular, and I cannot remember the name of uh, it. Uh, Trent uh, was raving on it really uh, fucking hard. Fucking something of the sun or something like that. Uh, I know exactly. You're right on the nose with it. It's fucking. I, I it's it out out there, but I remember you talking about it in VR. Uh, yeah, well, Trent has it in VR and claims it's the best flighting, <laughs> the best dogfighting he's done in VR, period. And it doesn't look as pretty as any of these games. Um, I'm, like, searching my games right now trying to find it. But, of course, you know, Steam on my phone wants to run, like, fucking dog shit. Oh, come the fuck on. Oh, my God. It's something so, of the sun. It is House of the Dying Sun. House Boom. of the Dying Sun. Thank you. Ah. 
that game uh, flies really fucking well, and it is not. And it's not an easy game either. No, it's not. But and but I, you I can just, switch like, from third person to cockpit view and fly in both. Yeah, yeah. See, and it has just a couple of weapons and upgrades. Oh, that game's good. Yeah. I might bring it. I might bring over the Hotas so that you can play with it. I mean, I'm not doing anything with it. It's currently sitting in my fucking closet right now, covered up. As long as you can, as long as whenever you're not playing it, you cover it up, so that it doesn't get dust in the fucking uh, in the joints and controls and shit. I'm fine with that. You can put it in a plastic yep. bag or something. It, I, I just i I put a couple of fucking Walmart bags over top of it, and that's it. I mean, yeah. all all it is is just a, is just a dust shield. The problem with the uh, with those fucking Hotas sensors is if it gets dust inside the sensors, you have to tear the whole fucking thing apart and, cal- and recalibrate it. it. Yeah. What was the um, other thing that you guys had? Oh my so, god, fucking! Do you have a phone? <laughs> I, do, yeah. Do so, you even have a phone? So like, here's fucking uh, Diablo uh, Diablo Immortal. We talked a little bit about that last week, didn't we? Fucking, oh my God, that shit blew up like a fucking meme, man. Uh, and I, I can tell you right now, the the latest I had heard, and I, and I haven't really dug super deep into I've it. I've heard the, some pretty negative reactions so far. It fucking we, blew up on the internet, man. It it was the worst fucking move that Blizzard has done yet. And they're, it doesn't look like they're backing down from it, but... There, uh, they had put out a blue post, and if you've uh, if you followed any type of Warcraft shit, a blue post is a dev post on their forums, and basically all it said was "We hear you." Um, so hopefully they take some fucking feedback from that. It is the Diablo game that we didn't want, and and we definitely don't need. Okay, Fuckers. and then the <laughs> do you even have a phone? You have phones, the, uh... don't you? Asshole. The other big thing was uh <laughs> totally missed the fucking mark. Now now keep in mind <laughs> I I take this with a with uh, a little bit of a grain of salt because it it's coming from Kotaku. <laughs> but um <coughs> but it, it but it involves Activision, so you know. Uh, apparently on a uh sorry on an earnings call uh, they basically said that Destiny 2 Forsaken has not lived up to Activation's expectations on earnings. Oh, I heard oh. about this. Oh. Huh. So, huh. Uh, so figure. what they did was they went and promised investors a uh, faster content model oh, yeah. and new forms of monetization. Oh, yeah. That's right. That's right. Did you know that they're okay. going to start charging you for other they're shit, They're already too. in development of, uh, of De- Destiny yeah. 3 as well. That's another thing that fucking came out is that, that they're already in development for Destiny 3. Right. So... Why would you spend any more time in Forsaken at that point? That's it, it's well, you like, know, they gave it away for free on PlayStation Network two months ago. Yes, and you, I just went ahead and it wasn't grabbed two it. Two months ago, oh, it was two weeks ago. How was it? It was two weeks ago that they put it uh, put yeah. that out, uh, you know, and you can get it for free. I think it's not now on PC for free. You can get it, but until get this shit, the eighteenth. Get this shit. Way. It was a marketing ploy. Because they knew Fortuna was coming out, and the games are so similar that they wanted to get there first. So they gave that shit out for free, but you can only get to level 20 on the free version of the game, and you have to buy the game to get any further. Yeah. So it was was a marketing ploy because of Warframe. Can you imagine that shit? 
Well, as much as Activision, the much as I've trolled you on the Warframe thing, it's a vastly superior game to uh, to Destiny, and I I've completely dropped Destiny just because it is completely samey content. Now, now I can tell you, I put fucking hours into uh, into the original Destiny. But like, you remember me and Jason got burned out and we just couldn't do it anymore. And and I continued on for another fucking, what, two or three months after yeah, that? A yeah. Couple, yeah, you had a couple more months and after a certain point you got burned out. Yeah, no, it was, it was like, okay, now I need to fucking play something else, right? So... But I was already at the point of... Well, no, I remember the... what finally got you out of it. What? What was Elite. it? Elite. Oh, yeah, 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 because I yeah. played fucking Elite Dangerous, and I he said, played a real game. Yeah. And you got sucked into going out and exploring the galaxy, and I'm like, um, can we go raid? No. Can we go raid? No. Can we go raid? No, because I'm like... <laughs> I'm 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 like out there scanning planets for like a fucking demon, right? So like, I spend a month out in the fucking black. So I mean, it it's there, but I mean, let let's face it, the des- Destiny Two was not as much of an improvement as most of the original Destiny Core wanted. No, it wasn't. And yeah, I work with exactly fucking... one guy that plays the shit out of Destiny, and I know my one of the guys I used to work with, JD, um, played the hell out of it for a little bit, and then he got burned out too. Like he was my monster honey buddy for a while, right? But I'm, anybody I knew that was playing it like has gotten pretty tired of it. Well, Destiny yeah. uh, Two Forsaken, I guess, had fixed some of those issues and made it. But uh, the closest I got to actually. The gameplay was watching some streamers play it, uh, and I, I had to say, man, I'm I was not impressed with what I was seeing. Uh, not and, at all. And it, it's one of those things you 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 get so far into a fucking game, and you're like, man, this game is really fucking good, and you just step back a little bit, take some time off of it, and you really kind of look at it, and you're like, oh, well, maybe not so much. And that might happen with with me with War, and Warframe. Fuck, I don't know. But I can tell you right now, uh, Destiny 2 did not fucking appeal to me one bit when it first came out, and Forsaken uh, seemed like a fucking patch job on top of it. Uh, and then they fucking leak out that they're going to do Destiny 3, and it basically kills, you know, kills any drive that I may have had to pick up the fucking game. Because yep. I'm like, okay, here in another year, they're going to fucking shit out another turd that looks like fucking Destiny, and, you know, everything's going to be wiped, and you have to start over again, because, you know, that's what the fuck they did. Yep. So, yeah. um, so and then just to kind of round it out and expand on what Justin kind of touched on earlier, uh, Red Dead Redemption's opening three-day weekend sold 725 million which but games aren't uh, aren't you know a, a viable industry right these fucking yeah. I like the thing that I do like about that um, is it's a single player game that sold that which, well well and not only that but this makes it the best opening weekend in the history of entertainment, not just video games. I mean, I know. all entertainment. Right, but video gaming is not um, ex- uh, not respected in any way, shape, or form. But as an entertainment um, industry, GTA Five still actually holds the record for best opening ever, like largest opening. Well, uh, so yeah, 
Same company twice. Yeah, the the main difference being that Red Dead Redemption 2 released on a Friday, uh, where GTA 5, if I remember correctly, released on, on, a, on Tuesday. a Tuesday. Okay, but so... We're we're saying these two games were the you know, were the biggest, but they're both singles. and they're both Rockstar. They're both, they're both singles. singles. They're, they're both single player though, and I think they're, that's important. Well, the reason it's important, regardless of the company or the type of game or anything like that, is it proves that you don't have to have a multiplayer component to make something that sells a lot of money, sells a lot, which also keeps alive the idea of yeah. something. The, that format being the thing that still drives that entertainment industry, which is something I enjoy. Right. Yeah. And to be clear of like PUBG and Fortnite are the only thing well, that makes money. <coughs> GTA five didn't have the multiplayer aspect until afterwards. So and they're doing the same thing with yeah. this. Right. So, you know, so these numbers are brought, uh, brought on by people buying the single player game. I'm looking at it like, okay, well they're sequels to already well-defined franchises. And because of Red Dead Redemption's um, following after the fact. It wasn't super big, if I because remember nobody correctly. Knew, nobody knew what it was going to be like, and it just ended up being a really good Western. Right. And, and, you know, it didn't have, like, a super high following, but then again, neither did the original GTA. You know, it's when they started iterating on that and improving on that, that's, you know, that's where GTA Five came out. And then when Red Dead Redemption 2 was released, it was just because, well... The the mind fuck that you got at the end of Red Dead Redemption basically meant you wanted more of it. So they just did a really good, you know, really good story right up to the that part. <laughs> I do, and, yeah, that's true. So, I'm just, again, the, the big point I'm just making. wanted more John Marston is what it is. Right. But my big point with all of that is it proves that you don't have to have. I'm not a big PUBG player, right? Oh, fuck yeah. Right. And I, for a little while, Battle Royale was a thing. The last year and a half. I don't play fucking Fortnite. And there's a lot of... Well, no, I'm just saying, though, but I mean, that's... I'm not 16 years old. <laughs> just Fortnite's got Nerf guns, right? Like, the there's a... It's a huge popular thing, right? I shit on it pretty hard because it turned into something that I didn't want it to be. I wanted a tower defense game, and it turned into a battle royale. And that... I am in total minority there. Yeah, you are. Yeah. But, uh, and I completely... Talk about a game that fucking did a flip, man, though. <laughs> I know. I, I was mean, really excited for Waves of Traps, and that's what I wanted. And it, they said, nope, we're not doing that at all now. And I dropped like 20 bucks on it a million years ago. Well. Back when you were paying for a game that wasn't free to play. Right. Um, all that aside, what I'm getting at is, though that's made a lot of money, this shows that a game that was made by humans that well that wasn't made by humans but a game fucking aliens that, made that shit but the game a game that's not just a mobile free to play game is still very viable and yeah. that's important right now because of like blizzard going to the mobile market thinking that's where they're going to make their millions right i yeah. don't i don't you, want that to be the future you, of games you, i would like to see some things that are made for mobile that are really good and there's a handful of them but it really is a handful, in my opinion. It, it's less than a yeah. handful for me. Fuck, man, I don't have any I, games on my phone. I play FTL and XCOM 2 and and freaking Don't Starve on my iPad. We were talking about this All on games. fucking, you know, on mm -hmm. Twitch. Uh, on You know, we were having a conversation about fucking games and and, and where, uh, where the mobile market was trying to be tapped by these big fucking companies coming yeah. out with, uh, with reskins of... Of uh, existing games for Diablo. Fucking, we were dog shitting yeah. Diablo for a long time, but th just the reality of it is, I mean, look, 
look, you don't play fucking games on your phone, right? Just generally. I play Plague Inc. occasionally. So uh, how long does your battery last? When I'm on the phone? When I want a game on the phone? Yeah. Well, no, no. Just normal fucking use of uh, uh, a how third long? of a day. Yeah, a third of a day. One third of a day. If he was to play That's a fucking to... game, it would take what? Fifteen minutes for it to die. It takes half an hour is usually all I get out of it without okay, plugging it in. Do you want to fucking continually fucking charge your phone all fucking day just to play a fucking game? Hell no. Nope. All right. Fuck that then. Um, <laughs> so I think. That's pretty much all I had news-wise. I'll just say real quick, you've got <laughs> games coming out this month, Fallout 76, you've got Hitman 2, um, and you've got Darksiders 3. And I think those are the things that are going to be talked about this month. Um, not all by us, because I cannot commit to playing very much more at this point. Right. Yep. Um, but that's I, what we got. I, I eventually do want to take a look at Darksiders 3. If... If uh, if it turns out to be what I think it is, it might not be for me. I really enjoyed Darksiders 2, and I'm in the minority there. Uh, no, Darksiders 2 is the best one. But with that, Jason, where can you find us? Find us at TiltCast.com. Find us on Facebook and Twitter.com slash TiltCast. Our YouTube channel is YouTube.com slash TiltCast, and search for us on iTunes. Find friends of this show. Find KBG. Cabbage. Maybe. Find the Carousel Podcast. Dot com. Their friend John. Find For the Love of Gaming with the number four. Find NoQuarters.net. Find BMFCast.com and TVGP.TV. They still do a fantastic podcast. With that, it's the end of the damn show. All right. Peace.